That's gonna be a good one. Thanks for accepting my invitation. Steven invited me. Look at him. He's having a super time. He's changing, Rick. You're gonna have to learn to live with that. I don't know what your story is, Chip Douglas, but I want to find out. Well, don't dig too deep. You might get burned by the molten lava. Being a oh. GTO right now, right? Yeah. yeah, tell me about it. I also feel like I should be singing. So I'm in this GTO. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like I should be like singing lead vocals right now with this singing in front of me. I feel like I'm either gonna break out in a rap battle at any given point in time, or <laughs> yeah, I'm just oh. gonna belt out something from the heart, like a big fat white girl, just like you know, just coming Clapton, down deep. Clapton does often inspire rap battles. He I should. Mean, in, mm. Through the history of time, it's been pretty. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, we true. all we all know the epic battles that have been caused by some Eric Clapton. In fact, didn't uh, actually uh, P Diddy did do a rap song uh, for the first God Godzilla 2000 that movie? Like one of his rap songs had a Clapton track in the background. That P Diddy, he's one of the most prolific and prolific guys in rap internet stuff. Yeah, he straight up sampled some Clapton. Diddy Daddy, he he beat the shit out of a USC coach earlier this year with what's those little kettlebells. Because the son wasn't playing or <laughs> well, something? Well, he got he, arrested. Well, he adapts. He, right? he beat a man with a kettlebell. <laughs> he beat a man with a kettlebell. Oh, I had to hurt like a son bitch. That thing's got a handle. You get leverage Yeah, and everything. Thing. I know. Like a son bitch. It's like this big yeah. kettlebell hitting you. Like a son Yeah, bitch. it'd be exactly like a kettlebell, kettlebell. hitting you. <laughs> like a son bitch kettlebell. Yeah, son bitch. All right. Well, we're back in our in our friendly confines, our comfort zone, since the yeah. red carpet uh, lay down at the Palmetto Brewery. Yeah, uh, that I wasn't talking. at. I heard it was a party, though. There was, was a party. cheese plate. I saw pictures. I saw it pictures. It was some of Charleston's finest. I like only, yeah, especially the company was probably enhanced by me not being there. Well, it was <laughs> finest minus one. Questionable. Uh, I got you. I got you. Right. We talked about you a little bit. We did. I heard. Did. I, I, I did listen. Uh, I have to listen. It's kind of my job, right? Well, I would think so. Yeah, you were. You should have listened. Uh, and what, what did you grade it? Last time you weren't here, you gave us, I think, a B plus. I think it was good. It was really good. Um, it was you know, different, though. Yeah, it was completely different. It was, you know, having all those guys there at hand uh, was made the show different. But it, it wasn't bad. It was good. It was, it was nice to hear from some people that you wouldn't and won't normally hear from on the show. You know? And we'll never again hear from. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple that are definitely not invited back. But uh, <laughs> for the most part, I think they all did well. I think it was entertaining. As much fun as it was to do, like, a, like on look, like on site where people were walking in, hanging out. Oh, there's, it's. 
it's a lot more comforting to be kind of in our little nest here. Well, we control. Yeah, we got we yeah. got control. And we, we didn't do any characters or anything funny, any kind of silly stuff. It was all kind of... Which, from a listener standpoint, might have been a little bit more boring. That's kind of not our typical type of po- our podcast thingy. Yeah. Is interviews. We like to change it up. But, well, yeah. yeah cause, I mean, let's be real. You can find a podcast or 20 about fishing that are all interviews or, yeah. and or... And that's what they're Some for. dude droning yeah. on about his opinions all the time. And that's what they're for. There's nothing wrong with that. We're just not those people. We don't yeah. do that. We don't, uh, well, it comes from me and you uh, definitely growing up loving talk radio, listening yeah. to it all the time, all the sports talk. No. Yeah. Mike's just a, uh, a a glorified genius idiot <laughs> savant from North Carolina. Of, in front of any uh, kind of microphone or, uh, uh, or loud amplifying machine. I don't even need that most times. I'm pretty loud. <laughs> Andy's just fun to look at. I am, I'm funny looking, that's for sure. I've been told that my whole life. Andy can tie me. He cheers up the patients at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> All the old ladies love me. I'm like, I'm like, I bet they god. do. Oh my god, dude. Oh. I'm a, if I had the drawing power uh, that I have on old ladies, on like women my own age, <laughs> I would. I mean, it'd be. I'd have, I'd have been a mess when I was younger, you'll but it break, don't happen. You'll be breaking those hips soon enough. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I guess it was it was Sunday night that we all got together and went to my place to watch the uh, Denver and Pittsburgh. Oh, and, yeah. You know, my wife Sarah, big Steelers fan. Yeah, she was well on her way. She got a little half in the bag that day. We all went to my place and uh, had some dinner. And you can always tell she's having a little fun when she starts playing the trivia games. Oh yeah, the games come out when Sarah she, gets going. She'll she'll get on her phone and look up Trivial Pursuit like online and like find oh, all these questions. God. So. We, <laughs> We get home and she's standing in the center of everyone. And <laughs> Matt, uh, oh, Schliski's just hammering off questions. And she finally said, Matt, you don't need to answer anymore because you have immunity. <laughs> like just making up, <laughs> making up, making up the answers as we went along. Dude. I think she ended up falling asleep on me at some point. And, uh, on yeah, the she did. Yeah. yeah. I just looked over at one point and Sarah's like drooling on my shoulder. Well, you go. Not that I minded. I was, you go, I'm about to get up and someone might fall. So <laughs> that's about when I got her, tucked her in. Yeah, I was I was wedged in there. Well, she had Monday off, you know, I, so she yeah. was having a little fun. I had my Panthers one, and I was I, oh, I did put they? down. Did you Panthers? Oh, did Panthers? I'm I, pretty I'm pretty sure they won. If I, I had no recall. idea. Yeah, I, I was pretty well into it too. That was a good day, and we got another one coming up this week, so I'm not gonna get too happy yet. We got play them Cardinals, and they ain't they ain't nothing to push over. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a good game though. <laughs> it's gonna be a damn, gonna good, be a damn game. good game. Uh, that game turned out pretty quick for the Panthers. It, Started off holy. I wish crap. we could just start like that and then maintain. That would be nice. How about just play like we played in the first quarter, for the four quarters, and we would never get touched by anybody. I mean, it was, it got ugly fast. Yeah, I don't care what you do though. I mean, if you're winning thirty-one to nothing at the half, a little bit you're of gonna your fight's off. gonna back off. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the coach blaming it on himself. Well, you can do whatever you want. Uh, the, maybe it shouldn't have been 31-24, but – and with a chance of – I was literally up. shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should mention Doug is not here today. No, but his voice is here today. We have plenty. And I'm a Georgia fan. <laughs> <laughs> We've got plenty of Doug. Oh, man. That's literally 40% of Doug's input. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a Georgia <laughs> fan. I was literally shocked. shocked. I think he said, yeah, that's pretty much all he says. I want to see him figuratively shocked. Figuratively shocked. <laughs> I wonder, Actually, know. I think it'd be funnier to see him literally, literally shocked. shocked. Like, yeah. like, like <laughs> um, so, so, Mike, just like two weeks Are ago. Are you at the flood tide? <laughs> yes, Mom. I'm at the flood tide. Oh. I am at the flood tide. <laughs> the flood tide. Thank, thanks, Will, for asking. Uh, so, Mike, just like two weeks ago, uh, you just got off the water again. While yeah. We were, 
while we were tied up here working and doing things. Yeah, I, I got off work this morning, and um, my buddy JJ, who is uh, is a guide here in town, uh, runs uh, Low Country Drifter Charters out of Valley Palms. He we he did not guide me today. Well, actually, I guess he kind of did. He pulled me around all day, but I didn't pay him, so technically it was not a guided trip. But uh, we went did a little scouting, as uh, anybody who has guide buddies knows. That's what you do when they're on their days off, and, and they invite you as you go look for new fish. Uh, we didn't find any. Who'd you go with? JJ. Was JJ. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Captain JJ. And uh, but we found some old fish that we knew where they were. Did and, you say uh, Cotton JJ? Cotton. Cotton. Wouldn't it be weird if like you did something to have another name in front of you? Like no one ever calls me artist Paul Puckett. That's true. Why do you guys get to be called Captain well, Mike I, Benson? I, I let my captain's license die, so you can't. I, I technically don't. Cappy, like Cappy, maybe. Yeah, you could, like maybe it's like an honorary title or something. But as far as like an official title, it's gone. I let it die. Uh, Flood Tide CEO Will Abbott. That's right, baby. Well, Welcome see, back. Te- <laughs> technically, I, I, if I had kept the captain's license, I could have had something before and after my name. So it'd be Captain Mike Benson RN. Because yeah, I've, got, I've got letters after my name as well. Well, we so. can just stick with it. I like. I mean, I mean, yeah. once a captain, always a captain. That's what Scott Davis told us that day. <laughs> he did. Yeah. So, and but, you said once you have a boat, you're. Or Richard Caso said once you have a boat, you're a captain. Yeah, I did hear Richard say that. Yeah, everybody with a boat everybody's a captain. captain. Everybody's a captain. You're driving the boat. You're a captain. That's and true. speaking of Richard, I was like Captain Morgan started. He got a boat. <laughs> yeah, it's a we've had a pretty right. good. Uh, I wouldn't call it an onslaught yet, but a really good reception for emails <laughs> and people asking Richard Caso questions and it's been it's been fun having them come in so keep yeah, them rolling in i've got a stack of mail here for when richard comes rolling in um that he can read off i mean it, it's impressive we got quite a bit of feedback we got some uh some praises as well as some questions we'll let richard read that later though yeah, go ahead and get on. your hand on his mail sack yeah quit Sorry. touching the sack dude God. let him touch his own sack man. a little bit more i have a hard time keeping my hands off richard's sack that's for sure um, so, and I'm, I, when I say what I'm about to bring up, it's not political by any means, but voting, you know, I guess we're about almost less than a year away from voting, and I was sitting there thinking, voting is the biggest whip. It's the biggest pain in the ass. Like, now, at least in Georgia it was. Like, if you didn't have a voter's, voter's registration card, like, two weeks out from voting, I want to be like, I don't even know if I'm set up to vote. You know, yeah, like, do y'all ever even know if you're set up to vote? I've moved, I've yeah. moved so many times that, like, and every time I move, you know, I, I redo my address or whatever, and I say yes, I want to be registered to vote. But every time I've gone to try and vote uh, or vote, I, I've always had some sort of problem. Like, there's always been something. But I feel like in South Carolina, now, all you have to have is your driver's license. Is that true? Uh, I don't know, man, because you're supposed to like be in a district and you're supposed to go vote at your like. Yeah, you have station. a certain location where you post. Yeah, I know that. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think you have to be registered before they'll let you vote because like they go on registered voters. Well, thing. the last time I voted, I had a pretty bad memory. <laughs> Old Delwood. Old Delwood pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a perfect example of it's just such a pain in the butt. You get there. And uh, well, Paul, these are not the leaders of industry that are running these no, polls and these no. uh, voting precincts. Oh, they're not CEOs. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what I thought would be funny though. I thought about this the other day. Was like, uh, you know how they do the exit polls, right? So that they can get like a heads up on. Yeah, is that like at Walmart and Safeway? I mean, no, they no, no. They they get like, them there's there's out. people standing outside of exit. every voting, and they get you as you come oh, out, and they say, okay. "Hey, who'd why you they vote call for? it exit polling?" And then you, oh. you you tell them who they vote for, and that gives them an early predictor of who's going to win or who's in the front. Whatever, I would they never count tell them who I voted No, but here's something even funnier. So, like, we won't get political. Let's just say there's a certain... Um, That's it, I'm getting political. There's a certain ah. there's a certain big-haired individual that I would prefer not become our next president and chief. Um, 
But I think it'd be hilarious if everybody like just like on the internet because internet's a powerful fucking force. What if everybody just decided they were gonna all answer the same way? Like just like it just pick somebody, okay? Doesn't matter. Maybe the independent, the guy in the middle that nobody even knows his name really, and everybody that goes to an exit poll after they vote says, "I voted for that this would, guy." Yeah, exactly. And it just have be. and just have CNN and Fox on top of their heads. Holy, according to exit polls, and like they're blowing up. And at the end, of course, you know who you expect to win and wins yeah. or whatever. But that, I think that would be hilarious. Just like for the entire country, just to throw a big middle finger to all the news organizations, and be like, "It's none of your business," and intentionally give them the wrong name, but everybody give the same. We name. We can't get people to agree on anything. I know. No, I know. No, you don't have to vote on the guy. No, no, no. I mean, can't even what agree if, on that. What if just <laughs> can't even agree to lie about voting on the guy? Yeah, exactly. What if just what if just us three did it? Would that throw the whole thing off? I think it'd be it it'd probably lean it a little bit. Uh, Senator least. Richard Queso, <laughs> Senator, a write-in Senator Queso from South Carolina. <laughs> Didn't they like somebody in North Carolina like oh, like almost won a vote or something? It was D's nuts that everybody. No, it was D's nuts was was uh was in top five polling for president uh beginning or mid. Oh yeah 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 they were polling to see who yeah, they wanted. D's nuts. D's nuts was Is like, that the dude on Instagram? Yeah, no, no, I don't know. It was just somebody D's nuts. It, no one came forward and said I'm D's they, nuts. It was just they even D's put nuts. It on the news. They had it on the news. And said, I gotta D's get a beer. Nuts. There was yeah there was no person saying yes uh yes I'm Colonel D's nuts. <laughs> But it was, it was just they registered D's nuts. Oh. But uh, I did watch the uh, the last debate to get political because okay. I, I, I'm entertained. I'm entertained by all this stuff. The number I, one thing is I listen to a lot of talk radio. Like you, uh, you don't like the big haired guy. I like the big haired guy. But I can tell you this: the one thing He's I entertaining. Fi- the one thing I found out from that debate, I did not realize how small of a man Lindsey Graham is. He oh. is like thimble size. <laughs> They like just tuck him in your pocket. It would look like home, it would you? look like if I sat down with like Manute Bowl and like the Kimbe Matumbe in a chair. I mean, he was little. Well, and he's not exactly in a, amongst giants. Like none of these guys are big. Like Rubio's a tiny guy. Like yeah. Cruz is like a normal guy, I guess. You know, the Trump's hair is the biggest thing about him. I mean, there's nothing big about Trump. <laughs> Gotta love his, that hair. his head. He's got a huge head. I'm and, not even talking like figuratively ego. He just has a large dome. Sitting on his shoulder. And the facial remarks. They it, is a, oh, God. it is a great dome. Everybody wanna, loves my dome. It's I want to punch him in the face. Like his faces and stuff he makes. So. <laughs> oh, I can, if somebody did that in front of me in real life, they would catch my entire fist through the back of their skull. Like, you don't. That, that just, to me, like, it's That was annoying. a tremendous fist. It would, oh, he'd be, oh, he'd be picking his teeth You'd out. You'd be sore, head. though, the next day, so don't do it. I'm sore today. I, we won't get into that. What well, happened? Leg day, son. Leg day. I did squats. And then I went out on the boat all day. My legs hurt. So go back to your topic, Paul. Yeah, I'm sorry. We interrupted with our political. Oh, no. That was pretty much it. Oh, that was oh. it. <laughs> just, that it's a, just that it's a whip. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. And I mean, my perfect example is that day I figured out in Atlanta where to go vote. I get there. I'm Paul Puckett. Paul Puckett, we can't find you. We can't find you. I'm like, and she goes, would it be under Pucklet? And I went. <laughs> I go, well, let me see how it's spelled. Sure enough, it's spelled P-U-C-K-L-E-T-T is the last name. Pucklet? And my first name. Was the street I lived on, which was Delwood. Delwood. So Puckett. my name was Delwood Pucklet. <laughs> so I physically wrote in the correction, showed him my ID, I voted. A month later, I get a uh, a letter from court, like you know, it's court summons. Yeah, yeah. It's Delwood Pucklet <laughs> at my address. I always like voting, and I, the only time I hate voting is when I go to vote. Like the line is out the nose. It's not that hard. No, uh, you you no. know who you're gonna pick when you go. There. If you're there, you know what you're doing. And then they have all those little votes. I t- I mean, I typically just do. I go down the line, know. or sometimes I find something that's just interesting. A lot of times I don't even vote for them. 
Yeah, yeah you don't have to vote yeah. for everything. Uh, go for the big one. Yeah, go, for the big do- go big, go home. Go big, go home. Get out of the booth. What I say. Not, not that complicated. So, uh, for the rest of the show, though, we got uh, Will's Newsy News. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of current topics. News Going to bring it down. Um, we're going to give old Baron Boyette a call in Louisiana. Just update with him. He's... Vets of people. Well, he's not on the water physically, but we want to start getting some more just guide reports. And Louisiana is a good, lively place. So let's find out what's going on there. Um, we're gonna give. We're gonna get a visit from. I don't know who got this guy. I think Will did. Uh, Nigel Luckenbill. Oh yeah, the the not. He's guy. a yeah. That's a story yeah. within itself. I found he's it. a not enthusiast and author about knots. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of this guy. I mean, you have? I, I didn't. I don't have. I will know him, but I'd heard of him before. He's written a couple books. He's written fifty three books. Yeah. I, on oh, knots. I didn't know it was fifty three. Do you have any of his books? Uh, no, I've read them. I think we used to sell them at the shop, and um, oh, okay. I definitely used them, you know, to to, to look up knots before. So he's but. coming in. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of knots. I I I think myself as a pretty good knot tire. Not co- you guys things. might get along then. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to. I'm sure I'm not as good as him. 53 books. I couldn't fill up 53 pages for. Yeah, you know, he literally months, is but. a like a a celebrity knot guy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So, I'm excited. And then we're calling Tom by. Oh, old Tommy, my editor in chief. Crack open yep. the fresh Baileys. <laughs> yeah. Last time he was, uh, voice was stricken, so uh, we're gonna get back with him. And he's in Oregon steelhead fishing. So there's an on-the-water report with Tom Bach. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Nice. You got your underwater report. <laughs> on the water. Um, I do watercolors. I do, so, uh, I do watercolors. I guess uh, you guys got any more topics to bring up, or should we just give the kids a break? Probably give the kids a break, kind of regroup. Yeah. Okay. We got, well, we got a whole bunch summing up for them, so it's Here's, not like we're so, cutting them short. Or yeah. No, we got choppy. We got yeah. choppy stuff coming. Nice. Should we hear from our advertisers? Yeah. We should. All right. Here well, we go. I mean, somebody's got to pay the bills. Coast of Genesee country. The sights, the sounds, and the smells. What is that? It's chowder. Try some. My secret recipe. Wow, great chowder. This Genesee's great beer almost as good as my chowder. You can count on Jenny Taste because it's brewed in just one place. Genesee in his believing. That's right. You ain't never seen Dr. Martin Luther King with no Mr. Jericho on his head. Ain't that right? Amen. You lying. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I met Dr. Martin Luther King in 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee. I walked down the street, minding my own business, just walking off, feeling good. I walked around the corner, man woke up, hit me in my chest, right? I fall on the ground, right? And I look up at Dr. Martin Luther King. I said, Dr. King. He said, oops, I thought you were somebody else. Oh, man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther King. Knocked the wind out of me. Yes, he did. No, it didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. Hey, boy, why are you so worried about how you look anyway? <laughs> Yes, sir. We're back. No. 
I like back that. in action. Dr. Martin Luther King. I can, I love the King. The King. Martin, Martin Luther, Luther the, the King. King. <laughs> yeah, my, we just had good. Martin Luther King Day. It was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was here working. No Cold as hell. Oh, God. Yeah. I was here, you know, keeping the flood tide ship afloat. Actually, I was doing drawings, but I was here. Yeah, I was spending time with my family. All selfish me. I was working, and well, I slept like most of the day, and then I went to work. Usually, I feel like most of the stuff that we got going on, it's like if the mail's not running, there's not a lot that we can do. It's true. No, I, I don't even know if I, yeah, I didn't even touch flood tide stuff. I just, I'm working on a little illustration project. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not a lot you guys can do. It's not like you guys have a shop up front where people can buy things, which would be cool, but that'd kind of be sucky for y'all. So. Yeah, that'd be something different. Yeah. Uh, no, we just like it when guys stop by. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love it when people call us and they're in the area. They're like, hey, can I stop by the shop? Never met you guys. But shit, come on in. Have yeah. a good time. Yeah. Come on down. Come on down now. Um, I, I just had my train of thought, but Marty from Badfish just texted and asked what size of booth that iCast was last year. Yeah. Told him 10 by 10, but literally, we called yesterday and got our booth at iCast or IFTD, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. There are like 20 booths left, which is, which is unprecedented from the last five years. It's I guess this year is going to be huge. 20, that's it? Yeah, there are only 20 booths left. Yeah, I walked around that place for three days. Granted, I was really hungover. A lot of time, shirts and computer-generated tarpon on it. I'm, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. And I'm pretty sure I didn't see even half of it. I oh, mean, my God. No, half? You probably didn't see a third of it. I mean, I, I might have saw half of it. I don't remember all of it, though. I was pretty yeah. I was pretty rough. Well, and the thing is, there is the, the difference with that is, it's not like going to the World Series where everybody you see, or an all-star game where everybody you see is like, holy crap. I mean, it's nothing but all-star. There's a ton of all-stars. But there is also a lot of filler oh, of people yeah. there. That you're like, what is this product, and why are oh you at a fishing God. convention? I mean, oh yeah, there's there's some stuff where you're like, no, I, I didn't realize I needed a, a special attachment for my belt to hold my rod and my net. Exactly, exactly. It's like, I just thought I could put it in the boat. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, God bless them. They're out there trying to make a buck, just like uh, we are, and just like everybody else is. But it's like, okay, yeah. I guess there's uh, someone out there for it. I don't know if it's good or bad or not, but I think we're starting to be known as the the guys that. They, we go to IFTD to, to get some stuff done, but you also like to have a party, good time. You're the party booth, baby. <clears throat> well, well, we do what comes next. Like Gears, like Ramsey Reed called me and told me you weren't do, you weren't really in the booth a whole lot. You're more <laughs> off drinking beer and trying to find beer. Uh, what the hell is it? there? Is, first off, if you stay in that booth all day, you're insane. Well, right? yeah, because, it'll make you insane. Because sometimes you just got to break off from people in conversation, and then also too. That is a place where kind of stuff gets done. And so maybe you want to take a guy out for a Coke or something or sit down. Or, or, hey, man, want to go get a Coke or cola? Well, sometimes that's you're dealing with people. That's why, they, that's why you kind of open it up. You know, like Dave Grossman. <laughs> that's Coke. Can I go fondle you in the yeah. bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> well, that works, too. Well, we'll add a 3553 to that. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah I, I don't know, man. I, I helped out in that booth. I, 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 even, I don't even know why I was there. Um, I had no business being at I Purely my entertainment. Yeah, and... I didn't. I had a. I had Harry's badge on. I didn't even have a badge. <laughs> I got in. I was Harry. I was Captain Harry. And Harry was there. Well, he was in a fetal position in the hotel True. room for most of the day. True. Those boys did it. Oh, Oof. we all got pretty rough. Just me and you're old enough to wake up tomorrow and, and function on us getting our 10%. boot together. It's like getting together like a morning car wash fundraiser at a strip club. <laughs> uh, like, where's Crystal? <laughs> Call Sonny again. Why are they not answering the phone? Where the hell are they? 
But when when it works, yeah. when you get it, it all is. when you get it all together, it's a special thing, boys. Well, the thing is, it's it's, thing. it's like a time warp though. Next thing you oh. know, it's eleven, and I'm worn. I'm done. Like, oh. well, you get out of IFTD at like five. It's a long and, and everybody, day, everybody, everybody was kind of getting down on me on certain days. But there was days I was like, look, I've got to go back to the hotel room. They're like, what? You're going home? I was like, look, dude, this is I'm going year. back to the hotel room. For you guys to go out and have a good time, because exactly. someone's got to be there at nine o'clock that can make exactly. a little bit of sense. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie though; I do also remember me and you chasing Harry, and by chase, I mean physically chasing Harry down the sidewalk because he was refusing to go to a bar with us, and he was sprinting away from us at top speed and flip flops to, to avoid us kidnapping him in a in a van taxi. In my <laughs> defense, it was daylight. <laughs> well, if you want any was, idea, twilight, dusk. <laughs> I think I think uh, Lewis put that Gink and Gasoline video up on his website. Yeah, I mean that just gives you a little snippet of just. There's some ridiculous stuff going on. That was probably four o'clock on Saturday or Sunday. No, I think it was Saturday where it was just kind of the delirium set in, and you're like the whole the so whole three o'clock. You're, you're like the whole shit of saying, "Oh God, in 24 hours we got to move this damn booth." Oh, that's the worst. Like, uh, that's right, because the show ends Friday. It's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, that's yeah. right, and that throws your days off. Yes. Yeah, half day Friday, which is, essentially means no one's there Friday. But see, in, in, by talking about this though, you know, you're just exacerbating it because the guys who haven't hung out with you at ICAST now are going to expect a certain level of performance. Well, they're I, gonna, they're I expect come, a certain level. Of I know, but they're they're going to come to to prod. You know how it is. Like, they, oh, yeah. like people hear you guys. Like people hear you throw a good party. They show up with the party pants on. That's right. And and they show up like to poke it. They want to they want to prod it and see what <laughs> happens. Poke them with party pants. Well, well that's better than Well, it's that. like you you know I get mad about things really. So your favorite thing in the world to do is poke me all the time just to see me get mad about shit. <laughs> it's the same thing. If people expect you to be the party guys, they're going to come in and try to throw some gasoline on your party fire and, you know, He's well, well, well in order pants. to withhold their name not to call them out. We did get crop dusted by a pretty famous fly tire. <laughs> I can't remember exactly who it is. Air- oh, I'll tell you later. Look, you, how do you not me. remember that? Oh my God, it was awful. Does he tie flies for fishing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, it's rotten. I'm oh, oh, it down. He, oh, yeah. oh yes, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, very salty. Very <laughs> salty. <laughs> Dude, it wasn't just salty and spicy. There was like five of us looking at each other, like, "Dude, you just fart." It was a crop bombing. Oh my god! It was ten. It was ten feet by ten feet of just pure power. All right, guys, I'm gonna walk over here. All right, buddy. (laughs) My God, what has happened? It's probably my favorite part about working in a hospital is I get to fart wherever I want to, and I just blame it on patients. Uh, Like, oh, the room room five over there doesn't let one rip again. Yeah, there you go. I grew up in a nursing home. My parents only nursing homes. Literally, you treat everything on the floor like it's piss. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) everything probably where I'm at is probably is piss. Treat everything like piss. Yeah, I got on Harry's boat the other morning with fishing. I was like, and I had my nursing shoes still on, so I came straight from the the nursing shoes. Well, they're tennis shoes, but I only wear them at the hospital. Like I only wear them to nurse in, and they they make it five feet into my door at my house, and they never walk anywhere else in my house. I don't because God knows what's except on. the boat. And then I well I showed up Harry and I forgot to bring an extra pair of shoes, so I had my nursing shoes still on. I changed clothes. But I saw my tennis shoes on, and I got on the boat, and I was like, "I'm sorry, Harry. There's no, no, no idea what is going to be tracked on your boat now, and all kinds of ungodly bacteria." That's cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I had like He's in my med school. He's going to learn this <laughs> stuff, anyways. Right. And I was rocking my black sole boots too. It was oh just, yeah. 
I'm just marking the hell out of They're those. not scrapers, yeah. though. They just yeah, scare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't need to be in the boats no more. They, they just, they they just scare boat owners. They, they, they don't scrape, the shit out of people. They don't scrape. They, it doesn't matter. It irritates the shit out of people. I wear, I wear, my, I wear my Georgias in my boat all the time, but it's, it's, it's they're not marking. Bo- it's your boat. Well, I wear them in other people's boats, too, but they're not marking. I will say something funny, I've though. I've never left a mark on a man's boat. Last year. If I did, I'd, I'd lick it off. I would lick it off. Last year, I went fishing with Harry and Doug, and I wore my black sole non-skid boots. And Harry's like, man, you wear boots fishing? I was like, yeah, man. I just. I'm so cool. So three days later, Doug and Harry and I go fishing. And he's and he goes to the dock with his boots, brand new from Christmas. Uh-uh. Leather. Santa the Claus don't no. bring them to me. They were, <laughs> so they were leather sole boots. So he's like, man, I wore my boots too. I'm like, oh, cool. Two hours later, we Mark looked down. The crap out of you know, they were leather sole, but they were that painted red leather. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The top of Doug's oh. boat was just. <laughs> Oh. And you know how Doug is. No, it's cool, man. I'm fine. Yeah. You know he probably dropped inside. A... Inside his brain is just melting. <laughs> I was literally shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So leather sole boots don't work oh, well not either. A good idea. Did we have a, a bit to do on this? Yeah. Thing? Well, we're still we'll, we're, you know, the new news. We, that's. Let me just bring up a little topic of something that's funny this week. Oh, okay. Well, okay. What you got? So last week, Will is helping his his nephew out with the Pine Box Derby car. So he brought it in here. We kind of chiseled the way it worked a little bit. And his, you know, his family lives in Vidalia. And I said, Vidalia. how the hell? He goes, yeah, I dropped that. He was on the way here at like 830 in the morning. He goes, I dropped that pine car off. Pine you, went, you went to Vidalia? He goes, no, man, I, I just took it to my drop off. I go, what do you mean your drop off? And he goes, uh, oh, just a gas station. I dropped it off. I go, so you dropped off like goods at a gas station for someone else to pick up <laughs> on the interstate. Yeah. And how and he goes, Man, I've done it before. Uh, yeah, I mean, do I, I just find that weird. I've met I've met my dad more than more than once. Like like But a package? Have you ever d- relayed a package through a gas station? I carried large amounts of quantities of things up to ninety five and met my dad on a gas station in ninety five and just been like Boxes and bags, and I mean, it looks like we're going to a well, massive well, drug deal. Well, honestly, I didn't. Island. Honestly, I didn't meet anybody in my family. I just left it at the. Oh, gas you station. just left it with, with the, gas the counter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at the counter with. I showed it to him. I was Hindar. like, "Hey, hey, man, well, he ain't going nowhere." Exactly. I just thought it was funny, man. Well, it was just out thing, of context. I've done, I've done it enough that it's like, just leave it. With these people. What do they care? What do you tell yeah. the guy? Hey, I got a sister coming by to pick it up in two hours. Go, hey, I got a little, my little nephew's pound box derbies here. Uh, can you? I leave it here for my uh, brother-in-law to pick up because he's stuck <laughs> on I-95. They're like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. I'm out. It totally doesn't have heroin in it, so don't <laughs> yeah. even bother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it does, keep a little and just be quiet. <laughs> Either way, I thought cool, it was, I thought it was cool. funny. Man, you gotta, oh, it's, it's, it's definitely the, weird. It's, and, called, it's called the rules of the road. Bro. And worse, hey, hey, I figured it was worth bringing up. Yeah. Rules of the road. Rules Didn't the road. go where you needed it to, but whatever. I I like it. Well, all right. Well, it's uh, Will's Newsy News time. Will's Newsy News. That's right. Newsy News time. <laughs> This is the first segment. We're going to see how it goes. Might not ever do it again. <laughs> but uh, so, here's how this works. Okay. I'm going to be reading this. And then I'm going to want your input. And I'm going to ask your input. Okay. I've never not given my input whether it was wanted or not. First story. First story. 
colossal storm to unload a foot of snow from D.C. to Philadelphia and New York City. A major snowstorm will hit all areas from Philadelphia to Boston with heavy snow and wind and it could immobilize areas from near Washington, D.C. to the southern Appalachians with blizzard conditions by this weekend. This storm will bring significant snow to more than 50 million people and could bring travel to a standstill. My thing with this is like, when did we become such pussies about this stuff? It's it, any yeah. storm of anything. They're like, oh my storm god, the storm of the century. Weather drives Whatever ratings time. on the news now. That's uh, the, it. It's it's ridiculous. You remember what was it like last year? They thought this huge snowstorm was going to hit, and it hit, and it was like nothing. Yeah. And they're like, oh well, it could have been dangerous. My favorite is when nothing. the news shows the milk shelves. Oh yeah. In the water shelves. Yeah. Empty. They're well, all empty. It's, it's, it's like, who is these people eating bread and milk? Milk sandwiches. <laughs> milk sandwiches. <laughs> Making milk sandwiches. If, if I got stuck in a house for like three days, I'd be like, okay, beer. They never okay. show the beer aisle. I, I, okay, I would do beer, beef jerky, and then I would say there's some stuff that fall in between, and then probably an at-counter at Jolly Ranchers purchase. But it always, Ooh, yeah. it, always, yeah. it always throws me off, too, because they're buying milk, eggs, and bread, three of the most perishable items that you can possibly buy in a situation where you're likely to lose power. I yeah, mean, yeah, what are you going to do with the eggs? What are you going to do with the eggs? You lose power... All of that's gone. Like you just you bought nothing. You bought mold is what you and bought. And you can't mold. do anything with it. No, yeah, there's nothing you can do. You make French bread. Granola. A lot of French bread. Is this the milk French the toast. French toast, that's right. That's you got. Granola bars, yeah. water and yeah, beef water, jerky and beer. Water makes sense. Yeah. Granola bars, yeah. And beer passes the time. How beer? about oh. toilet paper? Well, it's gonna be cold outside, so even if the refrigerator breaks down, you can shove the beer in the snow outside. Yeah, that's a good point. There you now, go. I wouldn't trust the milk out there, but the beer I wouldn't give a yeah. crap about. I mean, you're gonna hurt it. It's fermented. Okay. Fermented. Here's fermented. the next story <laughs> from Newser, Wisconsin. 21 mm. year old Elizabeth Lubke traveled an hour and a half south from her home in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, to Milwaukee for a concert. She wound up at an after party wearing a tank top, shorts, and fishnet stockings, and at around 4.30 a.m., left angrily arguing with a friend. And she was found the next day dead at 27.5 degrees negative. Whoa. So She left in a tank top drunk. And fishnets drunk. Well, that's classic case of hypothermia. Yeah, well, let the nurse have this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, more people more people suffer and die from hypothermia in the wintertime from drinking than anything else because um, it does inhibit your ability to realize that you're cold. Um so, yeah, so I, I, nothing to that surprised me. Drunk chick in scantily clo- clad drunk chick wanders into frostbite conditions and doesn't make it out alive. That, that makes sense to, to me. To be fair, it sounds, like, um, it sounds like this wasn't her first rodeo. Uh, this is, quote, a friend of Love Keys said she arrived at the party, quote, really, really drunk. Mm. And her mother says her daughter had a history of binge drinking and had been hospitalized in October with... Blood alcohol level five times the legal driving. Woo. So she probably passed out, hit her head or well, something no, in the snow. It doesn't even matter. She didn't have to. In twenty below, so in twenty below, but it's not even about the blood. Well, being mean, in twenty below, she would just walk down the street. I mean, it wouldn't take long in fishnets to be hypothermic, and she wouldn't have to pass out. She'd just fall asleep. Like she'd get really tired. She'd lay down because she's drunk and she's really tired, and then she'd just die. I mean, that's just dumb. I mean. Okay. I, I don't you should well because she's from Oshkosh. I mean that can't. That's yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> that can't what, Michael? I don't know. The only <laughs> that can't from, what? The only thing that comes finish there, that thought. <laughs> the only good thing come out of Oshkosh was toddlers' overalls, as far as I can tell. Or toddlers. 
dollar. All right. Uh, for all the. Uh, that's where old Making a Murder dude was right outside of at Oshkosh. Yeah, no, what? I Don't you know? Bay. Have y'all finished that? I thought no, that was I Green finished Bay. that yet. Who's Green Bay, Wisconsin? Well, it's south of Green Bay. The, one of the court cases was in Oshkosh. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not. I'm not up on my middle. Like basically, the whole middle part of the United States there is just a who gives a fuck on my map. I really don't care. So in the news, kind of lighthearted <laughs> news. Start off a little in the middle. Um, this is for all the uh, men that's married or engaged or have serious girlfriend. Here's an article about basic food sharing etiquette for all you damn uh, heathens. I no, can't. fuck off. No, I'm order already... what you want to eat. Yes. Don't eat my shit. Okay. Yes, exactly. So I ordered what I wanted. Wait, you eat shit? I eat whatever I want. I, but I order it ahead of time and don't. I hate it's my biggest pet peeve. Like, I don't well, want so here, so here's, 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 here, here's their points that they have on this of how to be a better I person when I it comes can't to stand this. this. It said, no matter how delicious someone's food looks, at least let them taste it before you start begging for a bite. Damn. Fair. Yeah, I would Fair. say even three to four tastes. Fair. I would, yeah. no, 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 no. I would say it. not take eat it. That's what I'm saying. Let them eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would say fuck four tastes. Like if I have some left on my plate, and you're welcome to it. Yes. But I guarantee you that's gonna be a slim chance. If I don't leave much I, on the plate. If if I ever have like a all in moment, like poker all in moment with my wife, is when we go to a restaurant and she goes, I'll get the tenderloin and I go. I will also have the tenderloin. <laughs> she changed and she changes. Oh, she didn't change. She just looks at me. I'm like, See, Sarah always changes. If she says chicken fingers and I do chicken fingers, she, oh, I don't want this. I'm like, you should just get what you want no matter what I get. No, my, my worst is the girl, like when I get fries or whatever on the side. Oh, yeah. And she'll be like, they oh, don't... just get me a salad. Okay, so. And then she eats a salad and she's like, can I have some of your fries? Yeah. No! You no, because fries? you ordered rabbit food. That is your fault. You live with it. Yeah, don't you, be taking my shit. I hate it. It drives me nuts. Order what you want to eat. I will pay. <laughs> you, I pay all the time anyway. All right, just Mike's rant, we're out. See y'all. You ordered, like, you ordered like the equivalent of uh, like uh, melted cranberry sauce in a can. And you're like, you can have some of mine. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Yes. Like, I've had my fill of seeds yeah. for the day. Yeah. I don't. I don't need they never seeds. have what we want. Okay. I've hit my legume. Their, their next point is kind of the same. It says if you want a bite of someone's food and they haven't offered it to you, you have to ask first. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that problem. I've never had that problem either. No, I tell you, only somebody had to reach across the table one time to reach for some of my food without asking me, and that'd be it once. And the other <laughs> point they had is give them a chance to actually answer the question, as oh, opposed just to just like, asking uh, and reaching at the same time. I, I don't. Eat oh, other yeah. people's food. Like, no, I don't that is the classic. This. I don't oh, I want either. a body of yours. They already have the four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going out. Oh. Going down. I don't, I don't even eat my girlfriend's food. Like, I, I'm like, oh, that looks delicious. I hope you enjoy it. Now I'm going to sit here and eat what I ordered. Like, I don't ever eat other people's shit. Yeah. I just don't get that. Well, not... I'm like, Sarah and I are both pretty equal on trying each other's food. But the main thing that she does is the, and she actually got better about it. Like, if she, if I want tacos and I say I want tacos, if she wants tacos or whatever. She'll always change her order based on mine, because so she wants she always, to see she yeah. wants to see the variety of the foods, and so she'll base it. Yeah, on I mean, that. I get that. I, I can understand that, and I mean, me and my girlfriend rarely order the same thing, not on purpose, but it just. I think that's inhabited in a lot of a lot of ladies, though. Yeah. They want to. They're they're more foodies than we are. We just want no, to eat. It's to inhabited go. in their DNA. They can't make a fucking decision. Yeah. So oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> so let's talk about this. So here's one that kind of goes in the fly fishing topic. Oh, yeah? Um, Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, we're going to talk about fishing? Cody Bergdorf oh. won the 2014 PFA Tour Championship. So in 2014, 23 fly fishermen paid uh, up to $12,000 uh, each to oh. join the world's first professional fly fishing tournament series. Modeled after the PGA Tour, 
cash prizes for top finishers. Cody paid twelve thousand to join, Ugh. won the championship event in two thousand fourteen, and was presented with an oversized fake check made out to the amount of twenty five thousand dollars. So he got a check. <laughs> he never got the money. It was a whole scam. They've never paid I've anybody. I've heard about off. that. Yeah. Well, you're an idiot for paying yeah. twelve thousand. Well, Do you know what you pay? To get on the PGA tour, you essentially pay the equivalent of like five hundred to a thousand dollars on a qualifying tour. Yeah. If you're in, you're in. Is yeah, there exactly. like $12,000? Well, I saw the article, too. He's helping invest. He was helping this guy kind of get the thing started. Well, it, it, and, here's, and here's my big problem. But still. All right. I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm going to take it a little different direction, mainly um, because, first off, fly fishing is not a fucking competitive sport. Period. End of story. I don't care what your argument is. You're an idiot. It's not competitive. You're standing in a, a, a pre-assigned beat of some private river seeing who can check the biggest fucking dick trout out of there. Like it's not competitive, okay? <laughs> the only person you're competing with, I got a fishing, big dick trout over here. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. Get the the, only person, the only person you're fucking competing with on the river <laughs> is the fish and yourself, maybe. But you, yours? And maybe your buddies, if you got a bet on some beer or some bullshit. But the fact that you needed to be, you needed that validation in your life that 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 was your thing. Me, like, like you had to be part of the club. Like this is how I'm gonna get in. This is how I'm gonna be a pro. Nobody who you know that is a professional fly fisherman, nobody that you know their name, and I'm talking to anybody in the bigger grand scheme of things, anybody, just think of the most famous fly fisherman you know. Say his name out loud in your head. That guy Raise was not a professional up. fucking fly fisherman. He did not compete in fly fishing. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And if you paid any money to become a part of it, I'm not going to advocate somebody stealing your money. But you kind of just... You kind of just well, gave it away, and that kind well, of well, stupid it's gives it away. Terrible, it's like, you know, sometimes you're just that stupid. twelve grand. You're being stupid. Like, I yeah. mean, at some point, you have to pay the stupid tax. Yeah. Your stupid tax was twelve thousand. Agreed. Agreed. It's kind of like the people that share the uh, shit, and it's like somebody I know and respect did this, and I was like, oh my god. It's like if you share this, there's a chance that Mark Zuckerberg's will give you five uh, percent of his yeah. Facebook oh, yeah. stock. Well, you know, my, the one I really hate is people that like say they like. Well, I, I don't think this is true, but hey, man, you never know. You never know. Got played well, on. If you, if you put it in there, you obviously had something in your brain that thought it was These true. These are the same people that put up on Facebook posts how bad your odds are to win the Powerball. And then they would the just rather rely on someone like giving you this money. It's I like, know. no, well, I'm just paying to it. And just if I win, I win. Hell, it's $5. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the thing that bugs me about the competitive fly fishing thing is this. So let's say we, th- we three were. The fly we were, part. We were against each other in a fly fishing tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get the beat that has, let's say, 70% of the fish, and I get the one that has 5% of the fish, yeah. and then you're going to think you're a better fly fisherman because you caught 10 and I caught one. Well, that's the thing. Like, that just bugs. That I just, well, I just think, like, there's no... Like, I, okay, tournaments. I'm fine with tournaments in a, like... I don't, I don't know how to put this because... Uh, like the, tra- tar- the tarpon yeah. tournaments. Well, tarpon tournaments. I think that's a totally different tournaments deal. Or yeah. anything. And, and, and I think... It, and I'm not just picking on you, salt, you trout guys, but I, I really think there's just no way to have a trout fishing competitive tournament. That, not unless everyone gets to fish the exactly. same water at and the top it, of But the even then, it doesn't. if you fish the exact same water, it's even worse because then it's who gets to fish it first. First, exactly. Because those fish are going to get beat up. So the thing is, like, there's really... And you can't just turn people loose out there and, like... You know, on a, on a, I guess on a big system, maybe like out west, like on the Mo or somewhere like that, you might be able to do like the one fly tournament and that kind of stuff. That's a little different, but even that's more for fun. But the competitive thing, like the, it's it's the most ridiculous fucking thing. And then you see these people at these shows, like doing seminars. I'm like, dude, you stood in a private beat of water and like nipped the shit out of it for four fucking hours and caught three fish and won a tournament because, like Paul said, the guy who you beat didn't get the good water. 
How, why am I taking a seminar from you? The the, the problem <laughs> I have with it, teach me? the problem I have with it is not so much tournament, it's or competition. It's more the professional thing. Uh, oh well, I'm a pro. Oh God. I, you know, dude. I, everybody sitting at this table in some fashion has been a professional, quote unquote, fly fisherman at one point. It means nothing other than getting my truck repoed, sleeping on couches for a lot of times. Exactly. I, it Having someone pay nothing. your gas money to go fishing with them. That you took exactly. money. You're a professional. <laughs> I took my yeah. Sleeping in your truck for days to go fishing when you didn't have money to pay the gas to get home. Okay. In order to, in, if you think I've made Mike mad, I can make him even madder now. <laughs> the last news story. All right. So they did a recent poll of college graduates. I feel like we're in the Paul, that me, you, and Mike are in kind of that one last generation age frame that seems like everything went to shit after about the people that are 28 and younger now. Just everybody's insane. So only 28% college graduates could identify James Madison as the, fa- as the father of the Constitution. I'm amazed it's 28%. Yeah. Uh, more than half of college graduates didn't know how the Constitution is amended. That's okay. They barely know how to spell. Almost 40% of college graduates didn't know the Congress has power to declare war. Uh, almost half could not recognize the senators are elected to six-year terms and representatives are elected to two-year terms. Less than half of college graduates knew the presidential impeachments are tried before the U.S. Senate. Jeez. Now, we have all that, and that's kind of crazy, right? Here's the best one I love. 10% of recent college graduates think Judge Judy is on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's she, not, I think she'd uh, do a damn fine job. She would. She would do a damn fine job representing our country. You know that bitch can cook too. Woo. Yeah, I bet she can. She? Oh, pasta? Come on. Okay. I don't know. Fiery Italian woman? Come on. I love it. I love. It. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I heard that somewhere. It, it doesn't make me mad. It, I mean, it really doesn't. I. You think it would? I, I'm. Be, I'm just over it. Like I, I don't care. I, I wish I cared. I can't care. Because what are you gonna do? There's nothing you can do about That's it. That's true. Is the afternoon news over? That's the afternoon news, boys. All right. All right, well, I'm going to come back. We're going to get back here with Tom By. Um, He's standing by. I don't know if he's Riverside or if he's, like, at home anyway. He's out in Oregon steelhead fishing, so... uh, but we're going to get on back here with him and a few other little good things we got coming up. We'll be right back.
Puckett's own dirty leg, huh? That's some leg coming in hot. That's old Atlanta days coming through. Yeah, that's a little uh, shout out to old Glenn Fry and the, the Eags. So, uh, who was Rest in dirty in leg with you? Well, you had Higdon, okay. Alex Lee. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the question I have is tell Mike about, and then tell uh, the listeners, the, all of you, thank you, by the way, tell them the story about you and Higdon losing the set list. Okay. That is that's about fairly after uh, so being from Texas, I was a big Reckless Kelly fan. Still like the Reckless Kelly, of course. Um, and so I had moved to Atlanta, and he's in Higdon. I think was still living in Wyoming at the time, and uh, he came. I, actually, he just hey, I'm moved, a Georgia fan. <laughs> he had just moved back to Macon, okay. fitting because he's from Macon. So he came up. He's like, man, hey, Reckless Kelly's at. at uh, Oh, hell, what was the name of that damn was bar? Was it the Tabernacle? No, it was the cool bar on Piedmont there. Uh, something with a dog. Spotted dog. Oh, the bar. Uh, was working out on the radio. Damn it. Anyway, Reckless Kelly was playing. Oh, we just got just just sawed off that night. Nice. And uh, Higdon started getting in a fight with some dude that was still, like, moving a microphone for the band. One of the band members started looking at the guy wrong, and so Higdon took it upon himself to be the regulator. Oh, no. Man, you can't mess with that dude. Started messing with the guy. and so sure we just, he loved that. And so that night, we go back to our place, my place on Delwood. And uh, like E.T. did. Remember in E.T. when he just opened the fridge and started just eating everything, not even looking yeah. at what it was? Yeah. Well, when you live with three dudes, there's a chance the potato salad might be two months old. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's out of chance. It's, it's kind of like the what? Sunny D commercial in reverse. <laughs> yeah, it's likely. So Higdon grabs that potato salad. And I have this picture of him just eating with his hands out of potato salad. That stuff been in there forever. So, uh, uh. Mm. Well, I had taken the set list, you know. And Reckless Kelly set list. There's not a lot of street value on those things. Yeah. But <laughs> personal, I was pre- personal value. I was pretty excited about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next, uh, on the way back from the Smith Soul Bar. That was it, the Smith Soul Bar. On the way home, it flew out of the window. Like, it was up on the dashboard. You know how things start just oh, kind of... Yeah, yeah. And loose. you're like, ah, it's fine. Well, it flew out the window. So the next morning, we go to Chinese Buffet on Piedmont. Higdon gets sick as a dog at the Marta station. I have to pull over, and it's right by where the the uh, set list flew out of the window. Oh, no. So we took 10 minutes to look for that set list the next morning, <laughs> and then never quite found it. So. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I, I thought maybe he was going to pull over and like have to puke. And then, like, I think he did puke, did he? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, oh, and yeah. then the set list would be, like, laying around. Oh, like, like some, like, boom. Yeah, yeah, moment. yeah. I thought, I thought that's where we were going. I thought the story was better than that, but I, I do remember it it's, fondly. It's not bad. It's a bad story. I, I mean, you it's know, it's just story. it's just a drink too many beers, saw rock and roll, and thought a set list was cool and had Chinese buffet, let it puke. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's rap. That sums it up. That's one thing I miss about Atlanta and uh, getting older. Like, uh, I think all of us are in good points in life, but, man, I do miss it miss going to those shows and shit i can go to them now and so it's like oh they start at 11 30 oh yeah <laughs> oh damn it i got shit uh, to do hell, even football starting at 8 30 oh, pisses me off it's, yeah. yeah it's so late yeah i'm asleep every time i fall asleep every time thanks kent klein now i gotta pack a couple boxes tomorrow thanks for the mm-hmm. online order have you ever been to, like, appreciate have, it. have you gotten to the point where you go to shows sometimes and like you're jamming out and it's fun 
And you're like, I wonder if they could just turn it down just a little. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Just, I, I can't. You're not it. quite ready. And yeah, and I used to go to death metal shows, like getting into mosh pits and bashing death people. Death metal. Like, what, I mean, what did they just say? Yeah. What? Yeah. One beer. Yeah. A beer. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. The worst beer. is when someone <laughs> wants to have a conversation with you at a oh, concert. Oh god! Stop like, talking. Yeah. I can't oh. hear anything. Let's call Tom. He's waiting. Let's call yeah, Tom. Yeah, he's in Oregon. He's got fish. Tom Bauer coming at you. Coming in hot, son. As if he can hear us, but I oh, guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gonna leave music on? I like it. It's a great song, by the way. It's not ringing. It's taking his time. Might be one of the things he just picks up. Oh, there it is. There it is. Really loud. Hello. Hey, Tom. what's up, buddy? Tommy. Tom, can Sounds you hear like us? the people from Charleston. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just making sure. Are you just now waking up? I think we got yeah, Tom. Man, I just pulled a wicked all nighter out here. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Well, Tom, bye everyone. Let's get we, the let's get the crowd clapping for you. Yeah, we got a big crowd. Yeah, yeah, big, uh, crowd big crowd. How many people? How many people am I talking to here? You got uh, me, Will, and you got Paul, and you got Mike Benson. What's up, buddy? Will, Paul, and Mike Benson. That's yeah. it. Yeah, buddy. Wow. Triple crown, son. Full you, crowd. You've, you've reached you've reached the pinnacle of all fly fishing interviews. This is it. <laughs> it, it, uh, it sounds like it. Was Preston Sutter busy or? Oh, uh, well, I'm sure he's up to something, but uh, I'm sure he'll snag away in there here sometime. <laughs> yeah, who are you talking about? You don't know. You know Preston. Oh, Preston, Preston. Sutter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know. I don't know. Just some guy I fish with that's on your uh, company site. You probably don't know him. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just totally left it. Oh, that guy. That guy. So, uh, so you're out in Oregon. I am. Where are you? Tell us. Paint the picture. Give us. Give us what's happening. Uh, I'm Central Coast of Oregon. Um, you guys probably aren't real familiar with the Oregon coast, just no. judging by the distance from. I think it, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's on the west coast. I've right? seen it on the map. <laughs> We've got a map. Yeah, there's, look. there's a lot fewer states to kind of keep straight out here, but um, yeah. So this is uh, I'm in a, a town called Lincoln City. It's about you know, a third of the way down the coast, um, and uh, I come out here and go winter steelhead fishing, but the water's pretty high. Uh, right now, so there hasn't been a lot of that this week, but that's all right because we're recovering from a four years of low water on the whole West Coast. So uh, we'll take it, even though it's not great for fishing right now. It's good for fish. Do you typically go for a couple weeks or a week just to try to kind of get that uh, that that good water water level, or is it just one of those hit or miss things, kind of like salt water? Uh, yeah, it's 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 bald. It's um, uh. It's actually more like uh, powder skiing. I mean, you guys um, know it, it's it's kind of I, I I bought a little place out here, and that's part of the reason why. You know, you're okay. talking about fall steelhead fishing. Um, you can pretty much pick the months of September, October, and go up to British Columbia or hit the Deschutes or you know any great summer steelhead fishing destination and be pretty guaranteed that the conditions are going to be good and the fish are going to be there barring some massive 
you know, rain incident or something like that. But the winter steelheading is, uh, is a lot different. It's, you just kind of have to be here when it's good and these rivers come up and drop in a hurry. And um, so, yeah, I buy a lot of Southwest uh, airline tickets that are, I don't have to pay to switch. And then I just uh, look at the flows. There you um, go. And this, uh, this, this trip I was out. I mean, I was, I was off by a bit, but um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, within just a couple of days, sometimes of, of, when it's really good, and then um, it's just been raining a lot out here. But uh, yeah, you just want to be here when it when it happens. So sometimes I just sit here and, and wait, and it really hasn't stopped raining for the past week. <laughs> that sounds great, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Well, see you later. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah, it was nice talking to you. Um, all right, Tom. I'm going to introduce you a little bit for the people that might not know who Tom By is. Um, well, first off, you need to get out from underneath that rock you're living under. Tom By is the editor owner. Um, commander in chief at Drake Magazine. Um, all things great. It's uh, it's my favorite magazine. I think it's one of the best magazines oh, out there far. in our sport, um, if not the best. Um, but Tom, um, obviously the magazine life's good because you can afford to go sit around in the rain in Oregon and uh, wait on fish that may or may not ever show up. Well, I'm working all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's working. He's working. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah totally. I'm, I'm sure. R and D. Um, that old magazine money. <laughs> yeah, if we should all be so lucky. But um, but talk to us a little bit about magazine. I mean, uh, I know you come from the powder ski mag, um, powder ski world. Uh, you you worked at Powder Magazine, I believe. And um, so what what was like your driving motivation? What was the thing that you saw missing in the fishing world that, that drove you to create the Drake? Um, well, a lot of it was, uh, you know, just feeling that there's something missing. You hear that a lot with people that start small companies and. Um, it was actually when I was living up in Jackson, uh, guiding up there. Uh, I was super into Powder Magazine um, and even some other magazines on sports I wasn't as into, like Bike Magazine. I really liked climbing. And um, it just kind of bummed me out that that magazine didn't exist in fly fishing. Um you know, those they were all kind of aimed for, for newbies and it was all instructional shit and just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was anything talking to that. What at the time was just, I'm a mid-20s Rocky Mountain fly fishing guide, you know, and if you already knew how to tie knots and, and do most of the basic stuff, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of compelling uh, magazine stories coming out at that time. And, and power was really the main inspiration that that magazine in the mid 90s is still great but at the time it was a it was a big event if you were a skier in a mountain town um and it didn't have any instructional crap in there at all it was just for people who already knew how to do it and that was kind of the the motivation i ended up working for skiing magazine and i was the editor of power for three years um and uh i had to live in southern california to do that job um, but the whole time it was inspiration for the Drake. And during those years, I did the Drake once a year, and then eventually was able to take it to quarterly, which it is now. <clears throat> well, Tom, hey, it's Will. Um, first time me and Tom met was actually kind of hey, a bl- blind date when I picked him up at the Savannah Airport at like 10, in the, <laughs> 10 at night. Yeah. And uh, with a skiff hooked up and going down south. But uh, To catch nothing. 
to catch nothing. But uh, Tom, the uh, the one thing I want to ask you about the magazines, like you've worked for these magazines, you obviously had these um, this background with different types of uh, uh, outdoor activity type magazines. Did you purposely set out to make this magazine um, something of a, I'd hate to use the term coffee table collection, but something that people covet so much each uh, issue? It could be the older, the better sometimes when you go over to a friend's house. I know that at an airport, which the Drake's showing up in a lot of airports and uh, in major bookstores too, that I'll be like, shit, do y'all have the new Drake? They're like, no. Like, well, shit, I'll just buy the current one. I've got three other ones. Yeah, but... we have it right here. Yeah, exactly. You're, talk, you're talking about the black Canadian rapper? We have that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. But, nice. I mean, did you did you, did you come out the outset wanting to make that, uh, that long-lasting impression as opposed to just filling up space, space month by month or quarter by quarter just to put something out? I'll tell you the truth, Will. I, I could never take credit for having that sort of foresight. I mean, to be honest with you, that those first couple of issues were, uh, I, you know, I knew that I wanted to put a magazine together, but I, I had never set foot in a magazine office in my life. And I just thought if I could get some out in Jackson and West Yellowstone, some people think they're cool. I basically had absolutely no plan for distribution. I'm just like, oh, I'll make the magazine, and then it'll just magically go out somehow. And when you have 5,000 copies sitting in your fucking closet, then you realize how <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is. And it's really hard to get out there. But uh, eventually, uh, you know, I, I just really wanted an outlet for a lot of good writing stories that it was out there, and um, I I had no idea that it would become what it's become, and it's all been um, learning the business side of it and, and distribution and all that sort of stuff that's really gotten to where it is today. Um, although I think it's more – the Fly Fish Journal is a little more the coffee table one. I consider the Drake more of a kind of the back of the toilet, one that actually gets read. Yeah, uh, for sure, for and, sure. You know, so, goes through and uh you know kind of wrinkled up on the front of the maybe the the dash of a truck or something like that like well like um, because it got wet no, that, stuck it, to the it, back of another magazine you know kind of one yeah. of those that you rip the cover off yeah, a little bit yeah yeah well, that, that, might, that, that might be it no i i uh you know it's a, it is a lifestyle kind of magazine and uh the the, the distribution of it now i'm uh that it does really well in fly shops. I mean, that fly shops still remain, uh, you know, I, I think the most legitimate, authentic way to distribute. And I have a good number of uh, subscribers now, and it's funny because people will, they'll come up like at the fly fishing shows or whatever and kind of apologize. I haven't subscribed yet. I still get it at the fly shop, but I love that shit. I mean, like you guys know, I mean, it's, it's, with flood sure. tide, right? You got to get it in fly shops. It's it's that, that's the that's the key. Uh, to me, it's the most real, true, uh, free market. You know, someone walking up, looking at a number of fishing magazines, and picking yours. That to me is way more authentic in a lot of ways than the circulation, the the subscriber side of things, because a lot of ways that can be fudged. You know, we've all had magazines show up in your mailbox that we never ordered or paid for; they just all of a sudden appeared, and uh, and the newsstand is a little different. You know, I love sales off the newsstand because it means someone's walking up, looking at it, paying their money, and, and you know, 
walking away with it, and that means a lot to me. I, I'm sure, and you know, like one thing, I think I have two subscriptions to the magazine to go into places I don't even live anymore. <laughs> uh, like my parents will send me one randomly. But uh, the one, the one thing. Well, I hope those people are enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying, trying to spread the word. But you know, everything you're saying is right. But the the uh, great thing that I have loved about the magazine from the start is that we've seen everybody looks at each episode, each uh, edition, and sees how uh, how it's changing and keeping the same. But sometimes you just it's, it works with me as a person that has a horrible reputation with magazines because. I'll look at it three times till I finally have to get it. It's like the first run is just pictures. Yeah. Second too. one's like, who are these people oh, yeah. writing letters and where are they uh, from? And then I'm like reading articles. So well, Trey Miller, he doesn't yeah, go to sleep until he reads the word. Sorry, buddy. We, keep going. We try to keep the word. Uh, we try. We try to keep the word small for you, Will. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> no. I like, I like the fish. Keep words. it simple. That's there, right. But. But no, I, you know, the photos, they are, is this still largely photo-driven? I know a lot of people will do that. Just pick it up, open it up, thumb through first, look at page six chicks, you know, do whatever. Then it might go back and, like, you know, read the the short ones that you can get through, you know, tripping the job, and then you got to have the longer stories in there for, you know, laying in bed or on the couch or in the hammock or something, and that's, uh, that's a good mix. I mean, some people say they like the short stories in there, but we also have, Three or four, uh, three, four, five thousand word feature stories. You have to have at least a couple in there that are really long, and that's the that's the hardest. Uh, that's the most work. It's a different level of writing when you're talking about super long feature stories and you know reporting and all that kind of stuff. Um, hey, I gotta say that first time we met, uh, how great is it now to see uh, where Cam Newton met? Remember that, oh, that yes. Cam Newton played in that football game. That, we all watched. Yep. <laughs> well, high school? No, yeah, it was college at Auburn. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, all uh, yeah. pissed drunk to the wind. Yeah. It was like a yeah, LSU game, and, uh, you know, who knew? Yeah. Now and the Rangers, then the Rangers beat the, the Yankees. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. All right, all right. Paul, Paul found a way to find the Rangers into this conversation. I have and no t- idea. And Tom, that, and Tom that 40-year-old MILF that could not keep her hands off of you. <laughs> And Kofi. And Kofi, man. Well, hey. You're uh, a baseball guy. You guys had Porcello on, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Did yeah. you guys? Yeah. That yeah, was cool. Yeah. Very I, cool. Um, I almost got kind of uh, yeah. starstruck and wanted to ask so many baseball questions, but I, <laughs> I kept it. I kept my cool. I kept my cool. Hey, Tom, I got a question for you. Just uh, really, that's all right. It's, it's more yeah. of a, uh, it's more of a just kind of flashback, but. One of the coolest things, I think, aside from your innovative magazine, is the fact that you made the first video I ever saw when you made the, I forget what it's called. Remind me the, the, the title. or something. What's the one? Fe- oh, feeding four? Time. Feeding, feeding Time. Feeding Time. That was it. Feeding and Time. And I remember seeing that, and it was, re- it was really cool to me because I, you know, I experienced a lot of the places you filmed living in Jackson for four years, and I think you made that in, what, right. oh, oh, 03, oh, 04, or something like that, and... uh and it was oh three yeah. It's just amazing to think you're one of the first people that made and put out where people could buy a movie that wasn't like you were saying earlier an instructional video or how to do this, how to do that. It was basically watch us fish, get in the moment, and we're going to share it with you, and you can see how awesome this is. And it's just neat to look back twelve years ago to know that you're one of the first people that did that. Yeah, I I, uh, I would say mine was. 
definitely the first. Well, uh, that I remember is what I'm I don't saying. Know. It's one of the first ones I remember. I don't, I don't, I don't know the. I don't know the legality of the music and some of those technicalities necessarily, but uh, I know, uh, you know, people ask me how I got right for that song. I'm like, oh, how do you think I got it? My intern emailed their intern. That's how you get the rights to these music, right? But it was, uh, it was a year, of, it was a year of my life, right? Going down and, uh, uh, yeah, I, I filmed, that was the first trip to South Carolina and there were, all those trips were uh, tacked on to some other trip, right? I was going to somebody's yeah. wedding in South Carolina, and so I filmed red fishing, but I made it down to the Bahamas, and yeah, and um, it went on a little mini tour, really, that first year before I went to work at Powder, and it played at, like, the TU event up there in, in Jackson, and uh, it's funny, people still buy it. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's horrible production, because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have any money, and I but some of the stories in there were were, were good, and it, it is funny to see the the Scott Sanchez's and the Jeff Kerr's and a lot of those guys, you know, twelve years ago. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was definitely a, a launching point for me. It was also uh, uh, quite obvious after I finished that I never wanted to go through that again for the rest of my life. So one and only was was, was it for me on the filming side of things. Well, Tom, um, so it's crazy now to see the cameras. Yeah, well, Tom, yeah, no good. We uh, so we kind of you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier when uh, when we were talking to you about the uh, the writing and the types of articles that that you chose to use for the Drake as opposed to what uh, what you were seeing out there. And and I remember the first time I met you it was in Denver back when the Fly Show was out there, um, two thousand six, maybe two thousand seven. I don't even remember. Um, Somehow or another, right. I knew you. I knew your magazine, all that jazz. We got, I don't know, we ended up drunk at a few bars at the same places. I don't remember what happened. Either way, you made the mistake of giving me your email address. <laughs> and um, Bad news. And, uh, I, and I ended up sending you something. And I remember to this day that I sent you an, uh, an article or essay, I guess, that I wrote. A treatment. And honestly, I remember I remember titling. I was like, hey, man, I have no... Like no like ideas that this even is going to be considered for the magazine. I just want your opinion on it. And I didn't hear back from you for like six months. Uh-oh. It was six <laughs> months, Tom. Six months before I heard back from you. And I get an email back that says, Hey, didn't you send me something about redfishing a while back? I don't think I still have it. Send it again. <laughs> and then like ten minutes later, I get another email back. You wrote this. That's all the email said. It was, you wrote this, question mark. And I was like, yes. Next one is like, can I use it, question mark. And I was like, Sure. And just like that, I was in a magazine, and I and I was like 24 and like the happiest kid on the fucking block. But what I love is that all these years, and I've been there a couple of times since, against your better judgment, I'm sure. But um, the thing I love is that you you not only did that for me as a stupid young kid who really had no business in a magazine, but you've done that continually for a lot of people that would never have had a chance to tell their stories and would never had a chance to have other people read their stories. Because I remember what it felt like for me to see my name and to see my story in print was something beyond, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, it was just an amazing feeling, but more so than that, I, I thoroughly enjoy reading these guys who are not, you know, popular writers, who are not essay writers, who are not, you know, not that I don't appreciate good writing from good writers, but it is cool to see these stories. I mean, how do you how do you pick, for the for the young kid out there who might want to send you something, what, what are the things you look for in these young writers, these guys that nobody knows that, that are sending you the, their stories, that are sending you the stuff that, that, personally, I find the best parts of the whole magazine? 
Well, first of all, uh, great story. Uh, I I was that dumb kid. You know, I remember getting my first piece published, and it was not that long afterwards when I was starting to break. So it, I always have a soft spot in my heart for people sending stuff in, and I try to get back to them all. It gets harder and harder with the volume of submissions, let's say. But um, that the story you just told was exactly the motivation uh, behind the Tippett's essays. I mean, uh, anybody can look back on that very first issue in 1998, and and, uh, all five or six of those first departments are still in there. I haven't changed the format of the magazine since then, but the most important by far are what you're talking about, which is those short essays. Uh, And they're great from a reader standpoint, from everything you talk about, you just get a broad spectrum of perspective, and it allows both people who have never written anything before, because sometimes people just they don't know about sending it in, or they're intimidated, or whatever. I, I honestly believe some of the best writing in the world never sees print. You know, it's, it's scribbled in some journal somewhere next to somebody's bed, and and but when you're Doing that kind of writing, when you're adventuring around and doing all that—that's the—that's the shit that's worth reading, you know. That's uh, sometimes you get older and become a professional writer, and then you're not out doing any of the cool shit anymore, you know. It's, uh, and, and so it, it's great from both perspectives because I get that uh, young guy or girl who's just done their first, you know, gotten into fishing and and. It's only like 600 word commitment on their part. And I never assign those. Those just come in. They either, a lot of them come in at info at, they don't know my email or they're just sending it in. Oh, wow, that's cool. And, that's cool. Uh, a, a lot, and it's always been like that. And, I, and when I left, when I started at Powder, I started a department there. Uh, that was in 2004. And, uh, and it's still there. They still run it. It's the same format. And it's what allows. You know, it allowed me to get an essay from some lifty in, you know, <laughs> down in New Zealand somewhere. You know, right? Who I never even know that, that person existed. And they sent it in, and then it's this real voice. And I do think, like, this last issue, the winter issue, I think is probably the best collection of tippets uh, ever. I mean, some of them are really good writers, but I also am. I'm, I'm pretty reluctant to do a lot of heavy editing on those pieces because I want people's individual voice to show through. And that's kind of what the problem is sometimes when you get a, a, a big magazine like Outside or whatever. I mean, you're, you're going to find these great pieces of journalism in those magazines because they can afford to pay the money and they can afford to hire the best journalists out there. But they sometimes get over-edited and edited to the point where a lot of the individual voices taken out from the writers, you know? And so I think those little essays like you talk about there, I hear it a lot from a lot of people. And, and, uh, you know, I just, I love, um, how you put it that, you know, it is, it is a lot of people's first chance to, to get their writing in there. And I, I think just about everybody has one of those great stories to share. Now I get a lot of garbage as you might imagine, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, most of it is not, good but there's <laughs> almost every issue sorry Tom I mean it's something I've never heard of 
you know, that gets in there. And so it, it, it's great. <laughs> well, um, Tom, I just wanted to say it's like to wrap up. Um, one of the things, the great things about the magazine, I've loved it for the minute I found it. And I still remember how I found the first one. But, I mean, in the new age of what fly fishing is and has become, uh, I mean, the biggest compliment that I can give the Drake magazine is like, the magazine is essentially the rolling stones of the new age of fly fishing. Everything started with you guys, and I know other people, but it was one of those things that people kind of got the first glimpse of what fly fishing is and what it can be and what it is different than what everybody else has perceived. So, I mean, it's one of the greatest magazines going out there, and I look forward to every uh, edition that comes out. But we do want to put in a request. Uh, we want to get Clyde down here maybe for like a uh, – a tailor, a tailing summer. Oh, he's coming. Okay. He's coming. I'm going to get, I'm going to get him down there. I, I, it might come via Texas. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, sooner, sooner than you think. Well, you know, Clyde is named for Clyde Drexler. That's where the name came from. Okay. Clyde and the Clyde. Now the, nice. Oh. Clyde, Clyde the guy. Exactly. I'm a huge Portland Trailblazers fan. And, uh, and he's the color commentator for, for the Rockets. But I've got to try to get a picture with Clyde or get him to go for a ride around the block. And somehow, I'm, I'm, that's, that's one of my goals. So it will be down to Texas, and then it'll make it over your way. It's much safer down at sea level than uh, yeah. up in Colorado, <laughs> and especially this time of year. I don't know, man. Saltwater <laughs> loves American, American steel. steel. <laughs> hey, Tom, are we going to oh, see, yeah. are we gonna see you? Gonna end up. Are we going to see you again here this summer, you think? What's that? Are we going to see you here again this summer, you think? Yeah, I, I would like to make it down there before every time I have to go down to Orlando because uh, Charleston oh, okay. is just a lot is a lot cooler. Um, and uh, I think the whole flood tide thing you got going on. Well, thank you, sir. Well, cool, you guys dude. down to go out again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You come on in. We'll, we'll get out again for sure. Just let us know. These guys don't fish. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, appreciate, I, I appreciate the hospitality, guys. I'll get down there again. Well, hey, man. And, thanks. Uh, it's thanks been a nice for, chat with you. Yeah, oh, buddy. my God. Thank yes, you for sir, coming Tom. on, man. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for the time, bud. And we'll talk to you All again. My pleasure. I'll see we'll you guys again soon. Yeah, we'll see you this summer. All right, buddy. All right, Tom, bye. Tom, Tom bye. Everybody. Look at that. A little right. West Coast delay there. Sorry about the uh, some of the over talking, but that happened. Man, it was fun. The man's three thousand miles away. Is that what they call it, West Coast delay? That's what I'm calling it. Um, well, so, all right, so, uh, so when he flew in, when I picked him up from the airport at that time to go down to your uh, your space, yeah, it was like the first time he'd ever been down south, like that I know of. That, like, <laughs> I was kind of worried like, too. I'm like, Will yeah. Abbott's picking up Tom. Kind of like <laughs> yeah, my hair is like short, never length met. and beard yeah. everywhere, and I pull up at airport and he's just sitting in a rocker right at the front of the airport and I pull up the skiff and pick him up and he's like I just want to go to a place that's kind of got uh, country food and like a cool atmosphere I'm like, I got your place and we just went to a little place off the interstate that I knew that's on the water that uh and he was like a pig and shit he was, was it like, romantic no but he was like we're just sitting there having beers he's like this is the best hamburger I've ever had. <laughs> this is the best potato souffle I've ever had. Oh my god, it's amazing. I remember always calling you like, "Will, is everything okay? Is everything going smooth?" All nervous. Tell, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I even text. I think I even texted Tom. Was like, "Is everything good? Good?" Like you just never know what the hell's gonna happen. I, th- I honestly think I met him when I met him in Denver. It was because uh, at the time this this lady worked at the angler. Beer uh, in the trash can. 
At the time, this young lady worked at the Angler. Well, I say young. She was older than me at the time, but she was probably more closer to Tom's age. And um, so we had we went to the, the retailer show that was in Denver, and, and we walked around. And she wasn't a bad-looking girl, kind of in a hippie way. And it uh, had nothing to do with me, of course. But walking around, and then Tom, I think, latched on to this particular young lady. And so, like, Tom was hanging out with us at all these bars. Had nothing to do with hanging out with 23-year-old Mike. No. Had everything to do with trying to get laid by the girl that went with me out there. And I, well, I'm, so I'm, you're I'm not, so not going to think... be telling tales out of school, but I'm thinking that some, some stuff happened. It was there. years ago. It got me into the direct magazines. All I'm long saying. time. She took one for the team. or gave First time, long team. time. First time, long time. Oh, we got to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, we got to do a break. We got to do a break. Advertise break. If you don't know what he looks like, though, I know this is uh, this is the audio podcast. Eastbound uh, and Down. What's that Just look saying? at the uh, principal from Eastbound and Down. Oh, dead, dead ringer. ringer. <laughs> dead, dead ringer. He went Doug on us. I went Doug. I went Doug off mic. Doug just screamed it in the mic. But I'll, I'll do it just to be fair to Doug. I said uh, to Paul off the mic, I said, is this Hank 3? No, no, he did it. Oh, Robert O'Keefe Jr. <laughs> on Dillo Highway. Well, okay. I, I swear to God, that, that particular vocal from old Robert O, that sounds very Hank 3-ish. No, you're right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very not, aggressive. It's... I, it's I'm a Terry Allen song. Still ashamed of myself and for that, not noticing the, Bobber or Earl King, but and that's yeah. a cover, and that and that's actually his best version. Just yeah, that was a Terry Allen song. Yeah, the Terry Allen version is pretty solid too. Well, it's kind of like the song Just Five different. Pound Bass." He does two versions, mm-hmm. it's live and one. He talks Good about God. it. And he said that's as that's as big as a toaster, and my favorite is that's as big as a goddamn baby. Baby, yeah. <laughs> no, I, know. I don't know which baby. one I like better. Uh, uh, big baby. as a toaster. Yeah, toaster. Come on. You gotta love Bobber Dole King, then. Bobber. Bobber. Bobber Dole. I've been Bo- I've been to fifty two shows. I've been to Bob or Robert. I don't oh, love him that God. much. But I do love old Bobber. I, I was with my uh, we wife, know my people. wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, and I ran into somebody like back home. 
at, in Atlanta at a Robert Roy Keane show. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah. All nice. dressed up in a oh, costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, nice oh. to meet you. And I turned around and go, this is the last Robert Roy Keane show <laughs> I'm going to in yeah. Atlanta. Like, they have officially found out. Yeah. Uh, like, exactly. I can't do this no more. Exactly. Uh, well, I can uh, tell you about Texas. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. We know where it is. I mean, we know where it is. It's big. We get it. Yeah. Well, well um, I think uh, so. Paul's leaving right now to go ahead and get our, our guest. Yeah, I'll yeah. go. I'll go grab. Well, one of the downsides of, of being in a small studio is we have limited microphones, so occasionally one of us has to step out. Well, we got the couch. The couch, which is mainly used for uh, packages, Madden 2013, occasional yeah. nap. 13. That's right. Surprised he hadn't told you how many Super Bowls you won. Occasional Why don't naps. you get the hell out of here and go get him? Okay, hold. Yeah, I'm going. You're to be going. I've won eight, going. by the way. We're feeling time. What's, a, what's his name again? Nigel. Nigel looking Bill. Nigel. Just call him Bill. Nigel. Okay. Just say Nigel. Oh. Come on in. Yeah. Nigel. Hey. Come on in here. Just, just, <laughs> just call him like a dog. <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Hello. Hey, Nigel. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Good to see you, Good to see you. How'd you like our couch out there? Oh, it's quite comfortable. Quite comfortable. I oh, mean, right. it wasn't quite strawberry creams as those, but, you know, it's quite comfortable, yes. I can't understand damn thing you're saying. All right. So, well, it's the bits and bobs of couches, if you will, and the... Uh, I enjoy the American uh, light lager that you gave me. It's quite like water piss, but it was uh, quite tasty. And it did the job. Okay. Um, Well, Nigel, uh, for the folks out there that don't know you, I know you well. Uh, Author of many, many books. 53 from what I heard out uh, earlier Yes, I'm working on my 54. And what are these books about? I've never read them. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, I didn't know you were going to be so easy greasy. And uh, but uh, you're quite on my plot already, and uh, we're gonna. You do actually look like exactly what I thought you'd look yeah, like. Yeah, Nigel looking. Well, I am who I am. Um, uh, you are. But yes, I've written a few. There, are, William. I'm sorry. Oh. They're about knots and the art of not knotistry. I'm a knotistry. Knotistry. Uh, knotistry. Yes, I'm a knotastromer. I always wondered what that word is. Uh, but I love knots. I love the beauty of the knot, the tightness of the knot, the looseness of the knot, the slipperiness of the knot. And as it applies to fly fishing, it's just my passion. Some people are into painting. I was rummaging around poles into Lulu. You gotta be careful with that, man. He doesn't yeah, like you're supposed to stay stuff. in the living room. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, he's Don't an artist. He gets touchy about it. He's an artist. You're a writer. You're a CEO of many corporations. Well, we all are artists in our own right, and I'm a not artist. Oh, yeah, not I, mean, I agree. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a not aficionado myself. I, I know way more knots than I ever use fishing. And I've read your books, or a couple of them anyways. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah our shop used to sell them, of course. I oh, mean, right. The, yeah. the fishing ones. I know you do sure. knots for all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. House decorations. Yeah. Uh, sailing. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, some S&M yeah. stuff. But the yeah. ones we carried were the fishing-related yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. I, what, I, what I understand yeah. is that you're going to tie some knots for us today? Is that what's going to go on? Or are you going to demonstrate am. some knots? I on, am. On air. Huh? Uh, yeah, we'll try we'll to, do to that. explain this. Well, Paul tried to explain that this was his idea, and and Nigel, no offense to you, uh, I think it, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Well, I read about, it, you know, so. But anyway, uh, he's Paul's trying to cut in. Uh, so, so Paul contacted me. He said he had read about my abilities to read and uh, struck knots on on the air, and so I said, you know, I'm coming through. I'm going to fly fishing tour on the show tour and I'll be rummaging through Charleston and I'm doing a speaking event 
Oh, where, where are you speaking at? At Home Team Barbecue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love the what? Home Team. It's just the, right. It's literally right up the street. Yeah. What to the uh, waitress about to get off her shift? Is that <laughs> give the speech to? I don't know, guys. I've never been there before. So if there's something I need to know, please tell me. I need to know as oh, quick as possible. You're okay. Good. You're good. No, All right. Well, let's get into it. You got any questions to ask me? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. So. What's well? Actually, you know, I don't have any questions until you start <laughs> get going here. Because I mean, honestly. Yeah. What? Look, he, he's, um, what he's about, spilling about all over his chin. What about, what's the name of some of the books that you wrote? Yeah, that would be a good I'd way be to more start. likely to get into my timeline, my history, and how we came to the books. So you're just not going to answer my question. Well, okay, we can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, around it. let's 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 all get right, into so the books. Timeline. All right, no, I'll go with you, Nigel, on this. I want you to give me some names of these books, but how about you go in a timeline fashion? So let's All right. start with where you started and the name. I of that think first it's book. just it kind of leads up to it. It's like a funneling of okay. cakes of sort. And uh, my, my and my timeline is quite long and girthy, really. Um, I'm quite chuffed with it, and it seems as though I've spent my whole life on the pool. Frankly, uh, I knew at a young age I wouldn't allow myself to be a horse for the course, as you might say. I was born from my mother's womb in 1983. Wait, uh, 47? 1943. Okay. I'm 73. I'm 73 if you put it all together. You look good for 73. Well, thank you. You don't like a day under 72. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, and I fell in love with poetry and theater arts and found myself writing for the comedy group The Mighty Python and the Hoople Doop. Whoa, 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 whoa. You wrote for Monty Python? Monty Python? I did. And you probably know it as Monty Python. It used to be called Monty Python and the Hoople Doople back when we started. Were you the Hoople Doople? Uh, you were the Hoople Doople. Not necessarily. No, they had already started. I came upon them as a as a writer, as a as a writer, paperback writer. And uh, and so we, it quickly became Monty Python for short. You might know it as Monty Python. Uh, but those events led me to being a more in a more adult entertainment where I was asked to get starker and show me John Thomas on the telly, re- on the regular. So was showing my John Thomas, and I just didn't appreciate it. I just it just didn't find me fulfilling, if you will. I thought I thought we were going to talk about knots. And so I'm, I mean, this is my timeline I'm oh, leading okay, to it. I told okay. you it was long and girthy. Okay, it's you can't quite long. just get to it. You got to talk about <laughs> it. You know, you got to get there. So I told them. Bailey's from a show. Oh, I, I recognize him from comedy times and BBC. That's right. That's right. Comedy times. What's his name? Old Greg. Old Greg. Old Greg. Old I Greg. love old Greg. So I told them to sort off and went for bigger and better things. And that's I'm old Greg. Oh, there he is. So you guys like British humor? Yes, we no, do. I love Very it. much. I love it. It's like a long lost art. I mean, just, I love it. Long I like lost it love. It's funny. All right. So <laughs> you guys asked me a question. I'm, gonna, I'm answering it. I'm leading up to my story here. So I got out of adult British porno, and, I, and that's where I met uh, the late friend david bowie i became his makeup you knew artist david bowie okay. well so guys Monty python and david bowie guys i was david bowie's makeup artist on the space invader tour what how does makeup space invader tour of 83 how does that okay i'm still waiting so, on the knots 
To be honest, I'm not 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 pushing you, Nigel. I know Are you're trying to be funny. He's not. He's trying to be funny. Not he's trying. Not funny. He's funny. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> he's funny. I'm getting this guy. Okay, like so, <laughs> so and then I was Alan Rickman in Die Hard. I was his body double, Hans Gruber's body double. Now both of those guys just died. I know. It's it's Let been a hard week. Lemmy's guitar tech too, right? No, no. But I do know him. <laughs> I do know him. He's a very good friend of mine. You used to summer with him, right? Well, we summered. We did. We summered many times in Liverpool. Summer is a verb. I dig it. All right, so we're getting there. So we're getting there. And that lifestyle of indulgence and showmanship, <laughs> it just led me to lustrous lifestyle of fly fishing circuit. And this is where I ran upon Eric Clapton, and he showed me one day the wait, blood uh, knot. Wait, wait, you know Eric Clapton? Well, you, see, it, it happens abruptly. We go David Bowie, then we go Alan Rickman, and then I meet Eric Clapton because of these fellas. Uh-huh. And then one summer day on a river with Eric Clapton, he showed me the blood knot. And that's where my life was changed. The, so the blood. Wow, you're knot. getting kind of emotional about it. Well, it's you, you it's cheered up a bit there on yeah. the blood knot. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't realize that I started time. I, I wrote a book about the blood knot, and many things have changed since then. My life was. What if I told you a double uni's a better knot? Well, Michael, what if I would have told you the double uni isn't worth a piece of sack of crabs? You know what I'm saying? So anyway, so let's get on. So, and then, you know, I found knots to be the bee's knees, and I'm forever devoted my life to the knot, and I've been ever since scheduled my life around them. That's interesting. Scheduled, if you will. Scheduled. Scheduled. So, how about we go through, I mean, you, uh, I pulled you up, and you've had many books uh, published. 52 books I've seen published. Yes, many knots, too. Many, many knots. Many knots that so, I've named. Uh, is there, you know... I can do the top twenty seller list, but yeah. What's your what's your top twenty books? That All you right. Sold? Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's twenty one, if it's eighteen, yeah, 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 Back in the day, yeah, they'd yeah, say yeah, someone's yeah. name, then not. Anyway, so yeah. that's in the subtitle. Of that is knots that Lefty Cray could never do. Hmm. I bet that's a that's probably actually a long list. He's kind of a simple. No, that's one of my best sellers. Oh, absolutely. So it's really Lefty Cray not. <laughs> get it? So dot dot dot. We, dot. we got that. Do you get it? Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it. We know British humor is a little. All right, we get it. All right. The next one. It's hey. It's not about me. Knots I learned from many famous <laughs> fly fishermen. What was that? I, I want to bet. What was wait, that one again? Hey, it's <laughs> not about me. The, yeah. the haze in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. got the haze. <laughs> you should see the cover. It's a brilliant cover. Brilliant cover. Uh, yeah. So I bet, it, I bet it is brilliant. Brilliant. So brilliant. the next one is Naughty Talk. <laughs> Naughty talk. It's a thesis on the importance of knots since the beginning of time. That's one of your. That's one of your your bondage. Books, I went. Right? No, I just went back and talked to a lot of historians and uh, got quite the the scoop, if you will, on knotology. Knotology. I'm a knotologist. Yeah, so, knotology. all right. So the next one is flip, not flip, and that's new knots from Everglades from a picnic that we that uh, Flip Pout and I shared in the Everglades one summit. Flip, not flip. It's flip dot dot. No, I'm oh. sorry. Flip dot dot not dot dot flip. So we shared a wonderful, that just be, amazing. That'd be, that be more Indonesian humor. But just an uh, incredible evening. So okay, the next one is I didn't shave my legs for this knot, <laughs> and that's subtitled "Knots from the Heart." 
There's yeah. a lot of sensitive knots in that one. A lot of sensitive. You take a lot of time for these well, titles, don't so you? So when you like, say you sensitive knots, you're meaning like seven, eight X. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. Will. I'm yes, getting I'm getting it. All right. And Michael, to answer your question, these not the titles come about. I write these books. I come up with these knots, and they just they just evolve. They just evolve. I don't come up with the title. They just happen. Uh, okay. Yeah. What, what's okay. Your, what's your next one? Hold on, I got I got a couple more. These oh, are great. Rock on, baby. All right. Rock rock. So I didn't shave my. So we said that. Um, okay, the next one is simply doing, is not, not afraid atop an introspective on knots. <laughs> so I came to come really close to this one top, and that I met down at Robbie's Dock. Have you ever been to Robbie's Dock? I've been to Robbie's. Yeah. Did so take some skin off your knuckles. Yeah. Oh my God, Michael. Oh my God. Watch you out know, for the pelicans. Yes. Yeah. yeah right. They, they pelicans. Like right. Just as good as. All right. Let's keep there. going here. So 102 knots. You need to know. Subtitle: Lefty only had 101. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like you and Lefty get a little like uh, yeah. thing. Like you're friends with Flip, obviously. But I like your. But business. you and Lefty, you don't seem to get along. Well, we're friends. Uh, I, I like your business model though. It was like the, the book I, before you was 101. I just knots. take it to you're the like next level. 102 knots. I found another one. I yeah. take it I to the next level. <laughs> the next level. You know what I mean? The next level. Yeah, we got. We got. Like I'm like here. They're here. I'm here. This the level. next level. The next level. You're, you're above them. Okay, you're above them. All right. So I got your knots right here. <laughs> Good knots for big fish. The next one, all those knots for knot, knots that will most likely fail. Get uh, it? Like, and I don't know if y'all caught the whole pun. Not like, all winners. But, so, yeah. but why would you? I'm okay. So I'm you, playing so devil's you, advocate. So you wrote a I, book I played, about knots that don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was getting at. Like, I, I'm usually the knots, negative guy on this show. Yeah, it's called knots for knot. So you wrote an entire book about knots that you shouldn't tie. Yes. That never mind. Okay, continuing yeah. on. I, I'm not All over right. it. I don't, so, I don't think I need to put anything. Um, in that one. So, a couple more here. I got. This is my favorite one. This is, and I'll tell you the one I'm about to write. But the last one that I finished that's doing great is called Naughty Nights with Joan Wolf. Oh. And uh, <laughs> that one was. I mean, that was. I've met Joan. Don't be talking bad about Joan. No, so that's for nighttime tarpon fish. She might as well be a grandma. Yeah, yeah. Low, low light conditions. Well, when you read it, you call me. You let me know what you okay, think about okay. it. It's it's whatever you want it to be. It's art. It's just it's magnificent, no, really. I, I, hey, hey do you, do you, I love you Joan Wolf. So the one I'm working on right now, and I'm really, really, really excited about it. It's called Up Close with Balloon Knots. <laughs> Knots darker side. So I'm really excited about that one. I'm out. I think you need to look up. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> well, you want to know the list of knots that I made that you probably are aware of? Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. Go right ahead. Sure. I mean, just don't. Can we not get anything out of the balloon knot? Oh, right. <laughs> make me a well, lot the, happier. Here's the last 10 I've, Do you I've not come like up with. B- balloons, Mark? Here's the last 10 I've come up with. <laughs> the strawberry cream. I don't know what to do with that. The Strawber- Mexican bear trap, which I'm sure you've used <laughs> many times. Yeah. In a pickle. In a pickle. When you get when all else fails, the Mexican bear. I don't know about your pickles. I'm just saying you've probably been fishing and used it. It's an expression. It's okay, the next one is great for adding tippy to your leader, to your fly line, and to your fly reel. It's all one big inclusive knot. It's called the slippery peat. <laughs> and so uh, another one called AKA Rogering, also known as Rogering. <laughs> and I uh, got a couple more. Troy's red tie. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Uh, Wait, Troy's t- red tie. Yeah, it's it's after one of my favorite football players, Troy Aikman. 
yeah. And he's on Fox. I Wait, love looking at him. He, you're a Dallas fan. Well, let's just go on to the next From one. From England. Tijuana Tightrope. <laughs> I spent some time in Mexico and uh, the Bex- Mexican Bear Trap, Tijuana Tightrope. Uh, French's Tickler. But it's not French. It's the Frenchest tickler. See, it's better. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> See, it's better. Yeah. See, 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 yeah, it's see, see, yeah, see, see, it. see, see, it. it's better. Okay. The next one are really tricky. Called maybe not. See, get it. Maybe, maybe not. not. The next, the last one is better not. <laughs> get it. Better not, but you should. I do get but it. you should. But you should. You get it. You yeah, should. It's a step above the maybe. You, you better not. Okay, well that's it. That's all I got for you. I don't know if you have any questions. Wow, no, wow. I'm good. I'm I'm full of questions, Nigel. None of which we have time to answer. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get on with myself then. All right, Paul. Paul, where you at, Paul? Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, I, I'm. I guess I'm out. I'm got. We're good. Hey, Paul. Paul. All right. See you later, guys. Nigel. Yeah, bye, bye, Nigel. Don't don't. Yeah, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord's put you. Paul, what in the hell was that? Oh, uh, man. Where did you find that dude? I don't know, but I tried to cut in for a second. You guys weren't buying it, it at all. It was terrible, man. I tried to cut in. He give you the microphone. His, bu- his knocks all sound like a bunch of cheap shots hey, at a college he's huge bar. in Europe. He's huge in Europe. That's all I can tell you. Oh, my God, dude. That guy. Wow. And I don't mean Europe. I mean So England. is David Hasselhoff. I mean, well, I, I'm gonna, I, 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 he does tie me not, I, and I was hoping maybe we'd, we'd get some knots. Hey, you're the one that's read his books, bud. Hey, I, you can never know too many knots, Paul. I'm going to have to go buy a couple of those, though. They sound pretty intriguing. They sound, yeah, they sound like something. That's for sure. They are something. I'll give you that. He started well, to talk bad about John Wolf. I was going to I was gonna have to cut him. Hey, well, what if they're friends? Like I mean, you can't really get on the guy. He might be buddies. Anyway, oh, so no, well, let's get out of here. Let's uh, get a little ad. Uh, All right, yeah, we'll are we time. ready for that? What we got coming up after that? Uh, we're going to call Baron Boyette. Get Ooh. a little, little, little guide update. I feel All like right. I should do like a little cage on there. You could be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, easy as one, two, three. guy was a trip, man. Not on Nigel. 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 There he is. Doug. There hey, he buddy. is. God, we miss him. Doug. Oh, we always miss old Doug. Oh, Doug. Old Feathers himself. Feathers. Feathers. Old <laughs> Denim Doug. The best nickname ever. Feathers. Feathers. <laughs> what was that? Uh, Walker Hopkins, the owner of uh, Rivers and Glen in Savannah and Augusta, Georgia. 
He said he remembers when he walked up to, when he was rushing frat at University of Georgia. And uh, he walked up. And I'm a Georgia fan. Yeah, we know Doug. <laughs> but uh, he walks up and Doug is out, hair feathered out. Oh, yeah. You know, V-neck, of course. No, polo, polo, unbuttoned oh. to like the V. Mm. Jeans and like penny loafers, no This socks. is when the $250 jeans were probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he walks up to Walker and he goes, hey, I'm Doug Rowland. <laughs> but you can call me Doug. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. You, as if like Walker's gonna Hey Doug Rowland What's up dude Doug Rowland Hey, hey Steven <laughs> Oh dude What if I always call Like hey Hey Doug Rowland What's up buddy <laughs> Hey Paul You can call me Doug But Doug has one of the most Solid Irish goodbye games Of anybody I've ever met in my life Oh my He's a professional worse. Oh my god dude Professional I'm pretty good at it too <sighs> I don't know This man's a ghost Like if he was special ops If they could just get him drunk And put him in like A foreign country somewhere He could take out people Just like <laughs> <laughs> now you see me. Now you don't. Well, it's actually good that he does the Irish goodbyes because the times he has stayed around, it's turned <laughs> into disaster. Oh, uh, yeah. I Fights just... at Moe's. <laughs> Doug, we well, love you. A bar called Moe's, not the Moe's. You know Doug right now. Doug right now is equally loving this and equally hating this as he listens to this. He's like, <laughs> you know oh, it's all about hearing about yeah. himself. I wouldn't protect myself. Uh, uh. I was literally shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that we just have an arsenal of Doug clips that when he's not here, we oh, just it's just never, yeah. And they're building like we I have like have the best oh. things you say, the best things I say, the best things Mike say, and they're not near as fun <laughs> as the bad yeah. things that Doug says. And Doug already knows we give him hell anyway. Yeah. Oh so. yeah, it's all right. It's, it's all love. Don't go changing, Doug. No, don't change anything. Well, Try to we please have me. Anything to make fun of. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna call Baron Boyette. Oh yeah. He's down in Louisiana doing the... See, this is the time of year where everyone goes to Louisiana. You're either steelheading or you're redfishing in Louisiana. I, got, I actually got a phone call today from my buddy Tucker, who you're you're acquainted with. Um, and he's like, hey, man. Uh, he, he flies around a lot. He, he does like medical sales stuff. And he's like, hey, man, I got to go to New Orleans for a trip. Long and short, got invited to New Orleans. I'm broke. Can't afford it. Oh. I don't get to go to New Orleans this time of year. Hello? Baron Boyette. Mr. Paul Puckett. Well, we got we got me, we got Will, we got Mike. Yeah, buddy. What's up, Baron? What's up, man? You got the whole crew. I like it. Oh God, the whole that. I mean, that's what it takes is a whole crew for you, buddy. I hope you got some uh, some info for us. We uh, we know that we were just sitting here talking as we were about to call you, and this time of year, as far as trips go, and you know, excluding Mexico, of course, and tropical places. You're either steelheading or you're in Louisiana red fishing. That's kind of the two main things. And uh, we know you've been down there for what, about two months now? Yeah, since December. Well, how's it been going, man? Uh, has it yes, been sir. has it been pretty consistent? Has it been good fishing? Yeah, it's been good fishing. It's had some interesting weather. Um, lots of good fish. The main difference we've seen this year has been uh, really high water levels from basically the flooding from the river uh, coming down. They opened up the spillway in New Orleans and all that good stuff. So higher water levels than normal, but um, been getting some good east winds, which give us good water clarity and pushes out a lot of that high water. But no, the fish are there. The fish are big and they're hungry. So we've been having a lot of fun catching a lot of good fish. Well, good, good. Any uh, any good night stories in New Orleans? No man, I uh, I avoid New Orleans at all costs just because 
I'll always end up with nice stories, but <laughs> be told about it instead of me being the storyteller. So we uh, we stay about an hour and forty five minutes away, kind of south of West New Orleans. So okay, I have a lot of my guys fly in there, and then they come in and tell me how they barely escaped with their lives. That's sort of deal. But no, we uh, we live in Grand Isle during this time, and it's a sleepy little town in the winter where it's just the few locals that are left in us so there's not too much going on yeah my buddy i was just telling these guys i was just telling these guys before we uh before the phone started ringing uh, my buddy's coming down he's uh he's a medical device sales guy and he's got to be down there for something so he took a couple extra days and uh he booked a charter and i, I honestly don't remember the name of the guy he booked and i he didn't ask my opinion or i would have said baron boy yet but uh he's gonna be down there fishing and he just invited me um and he was gonna pay for the hotel and everything because he's rich and i'm not but uh, I couldn't make it, and I'm not gonna lie, I I, I was uh, I was pretty distraught today, driving down the road, knowing that I have the money, but I have to spend it on other crap that I really don't want to do. Um, I want to so, know what that crap is. So just is. to make me just so to bad. just to make me know how much I'm I'm missing out. Are you guys getting those big bulls in there, or I mean, what's going on this time of year? Is it is it like more inside stuff? Are you guys going out to the front side of the marsh? I mean, what's going on? Man, it's a little bit of both, and you definitely should feel pretty left out and discouraged as much as possible. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna be missing a lot of a lot of stuff like 11 o'clock, 40 feet to fish 30 pounder, uh, 25 pounder. Nice. Um, it's terrible. It's the things that you you definitely wanna you wanna hear. But uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a little bit of both as far as uh, fishing the in, the inner marsh and uh, the outside that borders the gulf it, it's totally dependent on on wind and wind and weather but um you know if it is calmer or you do get the, the the better winds for going out deeper it's it's generally the same fish they're just bigger on average so you know you, your fish you're seeing are probably averaging 20 pounds versus if you happen to stay inside your fish you're seeing are probably averaging 12 to 17 pounds um, you may you may be pulling along. You see an eight pounder that you can cast at, or you can avoid. And you, you know, next fish you see maybe twenty eight pounds. So it, those those big fish still come in and still get in the marsh, which is the the main reason you know it's fun to be over there. Because even if you don't have ideal weather, you still at any time if you have fog and clouds and, and heavy wind, you still can pull up on a you know a, a plus size fish at any given time. Hey Baron, it's Will. So you do get them in both outside and inside. Hey, Baron, it's Will. Uh, I just want to ask you a couple questions. I've been down there several times, man. It's just unbelievable fishing. And uh, one of the biggest things that when we have people come down our way, they come down to the low country or on the uh, South Carolina, Georgia coast, people are just amazed with the uh, difference in tides that we get. We have like a nine-foot tide change at sometimes. And uh, right. being from that, we, you know, being here, we don't take, we don't think about it that much, I mean, other than the fishing. But it is amazing to me how much of uh, the area you fish looks like just a total open map and how you can get lost and um, so what would you say is ideal conditions for if you're wanting to go down that area and go fish with a guide like what are you looking for because like over here we you know we're always worried about west you know west winds great wind if we've just got a little bit from the west what what is like ideal conditions for you guys down there because it just kind of uh, flummoxes me uh, this the similarities uh even though the, the fish definitely are more abundant in size but but just it 
I just want to know what, what you think sets up for the best ideal conditions for a client that's trying to plan to go down there. For me, uh, ideal conditions would be like something out of the east. So like for you guys, west is best and east is least. It's kind of the exact opposite for us. Okay. If it's blowing, if it's blowing west, we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of water, a lot of muddy water from that supply just dumping right into our bays, and then uh, they all open up facing west, so it just pumps water in. So if I can get like two to three days of a east, especially like a northeast wind. It'll clean up the water drastically. It'll lower the water levels drastically. And uh, all those fish that are in the way backcountry creeks and ponds will dump out into the main lake. Um, and it, it, it really gets fun. It, you know, all those, all those fish, just like those flood tides, that can just spread out and go everywhere, kind of get dumped into basically like four main bodies of water that you can fish, you know, whatever shoreline, the wind and the sun um, give you the best options for. And then, you know, at the same time, Really and truly, being able to go out to the islands on uh, on good good weather days, you're kind of set up regardless. If you can get out there, generally, you can find and catch those fish. But you know, it's it is tidal dependent as far as when you get a major and minor bite. Um, but nothing like what what you guys get as far as you know how much those fish are going to move. They yeah. will follow the tides in and out throughout the day. But you know, a big tide for us would be like. You know, like an 18-inch tide in a day would be pretty drastic. Well, I, I know y'all get the the number of huge fish are ridiculous, but uh, I would have to think you guys, uh, the kind of guys day off going out and playing fishing. I mean, if I was you guys, it's like the black drum just have me just enamored every time. I die, they're so huge. It's like we get nothing like that like you guys get. They're almost like dinosaurs compared to the little black drums that we have. Yeah, they definitely they definitely get big. Um, we see some pretty big ones. The largest that we've seen in a boat this year is, uh, was 47 pounds, and that was a that was a week ago in my buddy my buddy Jared's boat. But you, you never. It's what's funny about the black drum is they are big and they are huge, but you never really know what to expect when those big ones eat because you know half the time they just want to lay there as you reel them in like an old tire or something. The other time they act like they're a it's a big bullhead. They fight you, get you in your backing. So you kind of never really know what to expect with those guys. And it, it really goes as far as the eat too. So sometimes you know they'll bull up shit like a like a red. And other times they just barely barely sip at it. You got to cast at them 15 times or so blind. But yeah, I really like those those big black drum. They can really save the day too. So if you got a windy, howling, cloudy day, you know For those sure. black drum will, will still tail. So that makes it really nice. Well, hey, uh, Baron, how much longer are you going to be in uh, Louisiana? Till the end of, well, till like February 18th. Then I'll actually be going down for some of that tropical stuff, heading down to Mexico. Are you going with that group? That was my next question. Are you going yes, with Garrett and those I guys? Will be, I will be down there. Who from, yep, Garrett man, and, uh, I was so sick that I wasn't able to do that. But uh, that's a whole it's new. A, it's that's it's a, whole a sad news. day that you can't go, man. Oh, it's I know. definitely going to be a fun trip. Yeah, it's it. I a lot can't of tell you. Were caught last year. Ah man, is uh is does Chance end up being able to go? Yardbird is going to go. I think he's going to do a, a a painting exhibition for us. You know, very cool. I think we're all going to get some canvas and do some sunlight yoga painting. Ooh, ooh. You, or, nice. you organize something like that as well, right? Yeah, actually, we're doing the Palmetto trip. 
Palometta Club trip in April, and I've got a couple spots left. So anyone who's listening, a couple spots left for Palometta Club. Thanks, Baron, for letting me plug that one. Uh, but plug yeah, man. In, baby, I like it. Well, uh, one month till pitchers and catchers show up, those Houston Astros are going to do all they can to, to climb on those uh, Texas Rangers this year, but we all know what's going to happen. No, you know, it's really looking solid. I like it. I like what I see. Um, Bagwell almost got in. That's just another good omen. He'll definitely be next year. Um, got that Got that closer oh. with Giles. Giles. Baron, I'm so I don't I'm like so- the odds for Texas. <laughs> I'm so je- I'm so jealous as a Braves fan. You got my boy Evan Gaddis on your team, and I mean he's just a stud all the way around. But uh, hey, if it's Alonso Blanco, he is a stud. For that sure. is El Alonso Blanco. But hey, if someone wanted to book a trip with you or find up find out uh, what's going on and uh, best way to book a trip, uh, what's the best way for someone to find you online? Uh, if you just Google Dallas Fly Fishing pop up, or uh, my website is three B Flycharters dot com. 3B is in Baron. 3B is in Baron, correct? All right, flycharters.com, or you can just shoot me an email, Baron at 3Bflycharters.com. All right, buddy, we'll get, get ready for a thousand emails. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, old, uh, old, old, uh, Queso, um, <laughs> threw me a little shout out last week, and man, it's just, these rich East Coast elites will not quit blowing me up. It's <laughs> really nice. I like it. Yeah, dude. That's right. You, you are a type. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the time, bud. All right, fellas. We'll, Take it easy. We'll talk to you hey, soon. Brother. Baron right. Boyette, everyone. Baron Boyette. Woo! Beer spill has just happened. Oh, yeah. Major party foul going on. Let me clean that up. Baron Boyette, everyone. It was even better, Bill Spill- Beer Spillage, because the first one fell on my arm and it didn't fall. And then the second he tried one. To, he tried to maneuver. Michael looked at me like, man, I just caught that. And then all of a sudden uh, it pours. No. Toilet paper. Uh, or Paul's, or that's, Paul's jacket. That's the, new, that's the new paper towel is yeah. the toilet paper. Well, that's good to hear from old Baron. Yeah, yeah. Um Interesting, fun, great place to be. I, I think I'd just be in New Orleans a lot more. I mean, even if it's like, like a like four a, o'clock, like a staycation, do like yeah, a two-hour. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, um, I think the next move is we got Richard Queso. I know he's out in the uh, living room waiting on the couch as he always does. Well, he's been here for the last four hours playing Madden 2013. Yeah, he's, he's got been. me in a couple of games. He's pretty damn good. But um, how many Super Bowls do you have now? I got eight versus you, buddy. Madden 2013. Um, what's oh, oh, Will Belichick? Let's bring old uh, Richard in here then. All right, well, see what we got going here. All right, come on. Bang bang, choo choo train. He's coming. He's taking a while for some damn reason. All right. Uh, it's taking a while. I don't know what the hell is going on. Richard! God! You're killing me, dude. Somebody. Somebody, please. All right, well. Um, All right, he's getting ready to sit down. Jesus Christ. Mail sack, mail sack. Why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack, mail sack. Let's all go inside. Mail sack, mail sack. Why is there hair in this mail sack? Mail sack, mail sack. It's your mail sack. 
Well, hello there, Flood Tide listeners. My name is Richard Queso, and you are listening to Richard Queso's Mail a Sack. Now, y'all have been the most attentive crowd I've ever had, and I have been on TV shows and channels all across this country for years and years and years, and I have never had so much mail, but I'm going to do my best to answer all of it today. Now, I'm going to start with my questions, because that's the most important part of the Mail Sack. Richard, Richard, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, are you interrupting my show? Hold, hold on, just one little thing. You hear that Brandon Boyette says you earned a free trip down to uh, New Orleans to go fishing. Well, yeah. I, I I do appreciate Br- Mr. Br- Boyette, Br- but yeah. I, you know honestly, I, I would I would still pay the man uh, if if I had to go down to Texas. But why would I go to Texas to catch redfish? Well, maybe New Orleans. Now, New Orleans, I could I could go down to New Orleans. That, that would make New Orleans. New Orleans. That's the the, the, the pro- appropriate pronunciation is New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I, I might have to take Mr. Boyette up on that. I'm going to call him. He's going to regret saying such things out loud where everybody can hear him. All right. So are we are we ready for my mail sack now, Will? Are you going to interrupt me next time I do this? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. We're going to start off from a letter from Mr. Uh, Brody. Uh, interesting name, Mr. Brody. Uh, what is your opinion on scents on flies such as gulp or procure? Well, uh, Mr. Brody, I actually, uh, despite what you think I was going to say, I actually agree with scenting my flies before going fishing. Uh, however, Procure and Gulp, uh, I feel are too commercial. Uh, the fish have smelled them all. They've smelled every scent they got, and they know what they smell like. So, personally, I like to add my own little flair to it, if you know what I'm saying. So, it gets hot here in the South Carolina country, and the man likes to sweat when he gets on the boat. So, I suggest you just take that hook, hook down, all right, hook down, always hook down, and give it a little rub. And you know where to rub it. Just rub it the smelliest place you got. From under. Yeah, they love a little Richard Queso on the fly, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. A little from under Richard Queso. That's my favorite kind of queso. Uh, but yeah, so scent is fine. Just make sure and make your own scent there, uh, Brody. Uh, all right, so next question we got is from a man named Adam at YoNuts at gmail.com. Adam, I suggest your mama never finds out your Gmail account. All right, queso. Uh, Mr. Queso's mail is like dick. I don't go by Dick. I go by Richard, but I, I see where you're going with that. I have a question about one of your Low Country Journal videos, specifically Doug Rowland's video named uh, Session, Session eight. 8. The background music is catchy. Who sings it? What's the name? Thanks, Adam. Adam, I don't think you understand how fishing videos work. Because, see, you're supposed to watch the video and not really care so much about the music. Uh, the music is there. Uh... But the fishing was fantastic. I know because I filmed it myself. Uh, Doug was in that video. Doug did not do the filming. Uh, he actually doesn't do a lot of the filming, despite what his fancy jeans might say about himself and his cameras. He does not do much filming. However, uh, if you must know, the music was also done by me. Um, I'm a bit of a savant, as they say, maybe a renaissance man. Uh, but I, I, I did that music, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't want to send your question any further. But uh, from now on, just watch the video. The fish porn, man. Come on. Leave the music out of this question. I was literally shocked. Yeah, you were shocked, Doug, in your fancy jeans. All right, Captain Queso. Uh, this comes from Marshall Dickey. Uh, I like that name. Uh, Captain Marshall Queso. Marshall just placed an order with us. Thanks, Yo, Marshall. Yeah, we did. He Thank you, Marshall. Oh, yeah, thank you, Marshall. All right, I'm going to answer your question. Uh, how am I trying to plan? A, I'm trying to plan a trip to the low country. What are some things you should know by the first time fishing for El Toro Rojo to make sure you're as successful as possible on your trip? Well, first off, stop calling it El Toro Rojo. Uh, that is a fake name that Paul Puckett made up for some weird fish he died with. Uh, he drew up with his fancy pencils and stuff to make horns on a redfish. So it's just called redfish. Uh, and a bull red would be something you catch in Louisiana because we don't catch those inshore on a fly rod. Uh, not in Charleston, very rarely. And if somebody calls a fish in Charleston inshore a bull red, he has obviously never seen a bull red. We're going to be Yeah. 
Um, dredging with 500 grains and, and hey, we're getting into technical he stuff. Know right? it all we, we don't want to get into that. You can watch my TV show if you want to see technical stuff. We're just answering hey, fan questions fan. right now. So, uh, to be most successful as possible on your trip, I think you should uh, uh, do what I suggest everybody does and uh, uh, call me uh, first and foremost, and I will charge you a small fee to give you instructions and or point you in the the direction of uh, a, a, a skilled and talented guy. You can also go to the Low Country Fly Shop. They do a pretty good job. Or with Charles Stangler. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. But just keep listening to my show, watching my TV show. Uh, I don't I don't really know what else to do. But stop calling it El Toro Rojo. Paul Puckett calls it El Toro Rojo. It makes me mad. All right. <laughs> Mr. Kesa, are you going to the yeah. next question? I'm going to the next one. Okay. Just Unless you have a question. Is there a Mrs. Queso? There is the Mrs. Queso, yes. Why? I'm just asking. Just wanted to know. She's pretty solid, if you know what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't skimp on her. She's blind, but she's solid. I didn't say she didn't skimp on me. Oh, I so I she's a looker. She's a looker. She just don't know it. Looker My favorite looker. kind, if you know what I'm talking about. All right, dear Richard Queso. From Mark Pryor. Remember the oh I'm sorry I the read picture. The, I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Emphasis. Remember the shit people say video craze. There was shit white girls say, shit college freshmen say, even shit fly fishermen say. What would be in your shit salt life dude say video? Go live, boys. Listeners, oh we don't have to read that part. He just wants us to go live as a radio show, which I I thoroughly agree with. Um, okay, Mark. Uh, first off, you need to clean up your potty mouth because I think you said shit like eight times in that one <laughs> sentence. Uh, aside from that, what would be in my shit salt life dude say video? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I've never met a salt, salt life dude life. in my entire life. Generally speaking, when I see a salt life sticker, I avoid it like the plague. Uh, I, I treat salt life stickers a lot like I treat white sunglasses. I love them, but for an inverse reason. I love white sunglasses because I can spot a douchebag from 150 yards without ever having him open his mouth. It is the best way to know I do not want to talk to that person. If you are wearing a Salt Life t-shirt, I apologize for your poor choice in apparel. There are much better companies like, I don't know, Flood Tide Company that are less douchey and less likely to get you roughed up in a local bar at your local fishing hole. Um, so... To get back to you, I don't know what they say. I never let them open their mouth. And if they do open their mouth to me, I just start making noises and things, and it, it deters them. They go away. They're like, they're like raccoons, really. You can just sweep them off the front porch if you get in trouble. All right. So the last things I have is uh, I have two things. One is, is, is a, a heartfelt story that I will not read the whole story out, out loud on the thing because it is very long. Uh, but basically, it tells a, a short story of a young man going into a fly shop and meeting Paul Puckett without knowing it was Paul Puckett. It was kind of like one of those Christmas videos where you met Santa Claus, but you didn't know it was Santa Claus, and then he gave you something. It was like that, except he met Paul Puckett playing a guitar, and he didn't know it was Paul Puckett playing a guitar until Paul Puckett handed him a fly box, and then he got home, and he compared Paul Puckett's artwork to the other Paul Puckett, and he said, oh my God, Paul Puckett gave me a fly box. It was basically that. That was the story. Uh, but the big thing was he really just enjoyed our time and he enjoys Paul Puckett. Uh, it was really just a love story for Paul Puckett. I don't know why this was in the mail sack list because it was just Paul Puckett wanting to get his back scratched. This is what I saw in there. Oh, God. Right there. Right there. Oh, there was something else there, but Let's I lost it. Say his name. It. He got a question Oh, I'm sorry. It. Scott Hicks. Uh, Paul loves you, too. Okay. So the last one, uh, Mr. Brian King. Oh, I love this kind of mail. This is my favorite kind of mail. See, I answer all these questions, and I never know if you people really hear what I'm saying or if you really appreciate it. Brian King wrote back to me. He said, Mr. Queso, thank you for helping me realize... Oh, and by the way, Brian King was the man who asked about all the rich people with the famous stores, and I told him that he needed to get over his jealousy over the famous stores. Yeah, so thank you for helping me realize what was truly at the heart of my question I posed to you last week. 
my deep-seated jealousy of the one-percenter fly fishing community. I was so blinded by my lust for the gear and the gadgets that I didn't even realize my true nature my own question. The kind of wisdom which you have bestowed upon me is truly priceless, and I am in your debt. Well, Brian, you are in my debt. And I'm going to continue holding you there until I find a reason to let you out. That reason will probably be expensive. I have expensive taste. And Brian asks another question, but Brian's just getting greedy because he knows he'll get 20% off of his next order. Like the rest of y'all will, if you want to write into Richard Queso, you need to send that to info at floodtideco.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Flood Tide, or the Barely Live Sessions. Uh, you can also find us underneath the floodtideco.com website. We have them there and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Right return make comments whatever you got to do we will pick it up we will find it and if we use your question you will get 20 percent off of your next flood tide purchase well that was richard queso's <laughs> and that was really loud and i will see y'all next week and i appreciate it. all of you listening to me and we'll see you bye Holy shit, that guy's crazy. All right, well, we got one more segment at the end. Mike's rant. Um, what I miss? And then we're done. I was still cleaning up that beer the whole time. I know. I didn't hear any of that. We'll be right back. With all the niggas saying. Just another motherfucking day for Dre, so I begin like this. No medallions, dreadlocks, or black fist. It's just that gangster glare with gangster raps. That gangster shit makes the gangs a snaps. Uh, word to the motherfucking streets. And word to these hype ass lyrics and dope beats that I hit you with. That I get you with as I groove in my four on D's. Hitting the switches, bitches relax while I get my proper swerve on. Bumping like a motherfucker, ready to get my serve on. But before I hit the dope spot, gotta get so the boy fell asleep in the Toys R Us store, and he woke up with toys from the ceiling to the floor. We've got the Nintendo Action Set, including the control deck with double game pack and zapper light gun for just $99.99 at Toys R Us. And we have all the hottest game cartridges at great everyday low prices. Love growing up with my Toys R Us kid. Toys R Us. You'll never outgrow us. time favorites ever oh, classic it's a classic who is that the Bee Gees top, the top oh hey Doug <laughs> Doug would appreciate you uh, yeah well the problem is Doug's doing it he acts like it's a joke he's hey, I'm a really fan we know Doug we know <laughs> I can't we're gonna go back through all the shows and get every time Doug has said he's he's a Georgia fan it's gonna be uh, like five different versions <laughs> of that I hey, love I'm a it. Georgia fan <laughs>
He does uh, have a nice radio voice, though. I have to give him that. He does. He does. Yeah, just like he has really good hair. And he's real good and at really the inter- nice jeans. He's real good at the interaction. Like when people are calling, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. He, uh-huh, he's, uh-huh. And I wish all of you could see him here in the yeah, studio. Like, he's into it. He's staring that laptop down like he's going to look into the soul of the person who's on the other side <laughs> of that phone. That's right, Doug. You laugh. We all seen you. Right, but uh, so let me just first off say we really appreciate all the people actually listen to this because it's it's obviously from the emails we get and we we have so much fun doing this like if there were only two people listening to these, this show and they were our moms we'd it's still do this <laughs> we would still do this like because yeah. your mom you know it's just we have a blast doing this. Cause Are you at the club <laughs> Yes, mom. I don't I don't want my mom yes, listening to this. <laughs> but it, we, we just have a blast doing this. So if you're listening to this thing and this thing actually entertains you, then we think that's awesome because we love doing it. We're having fun doing it, and uh, we really appreciate all the support. Yeah, it's been great. It really. Has. It's really cool to get on iTunes and see that like 500 people have listened to one of the shows, and that brings me to this is the eighth show, um, Infinity, if you will, and, uh, and beyond. Yeah. So we're gonna keep pushing though. I mean, we're we're still gonna keep trying to do it once a week. If we can't, we'll do it once every two weeks. But the plan is to do it once a week. And uh, if you listen, great. If you don't, then uh, you wouldn't be hearing this anyway. So, yeah, uh, and we don't care. <laughs> but uh, we're going to get on to uh, the final segment, which is usually the rant. Uh, yeah. Mike's rant, if you will. Mad Mike's rant. I've done a few today, but yeah, I guess we, we can just add a, you a have more done official a few. one. We'll do an official one. This will officially be your third. I yeah, think. I think it is the third rant. I, I'd rant a lot, though. So. so I don't really have this written down in a good way to really ask you. I'm not really asking you this. It's more of a, I'm going to bring up a, uh, a topic that bugs the crap out of me. Uh, okay. And I'm assuming that especially this year, because of the Carolina Panthers, is more pertinent to you. Okay. Okay. Let's just say that I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my Brewers decide they finally make it in the playoffs, and all of a sudden everyone's starting to wear Brewers hats. Uh, the same way I'm starting to see stickers on cars with the Panthers. Wagon. What I can't stand when I start seeing people wearing – the clothes of my favorite team once they finally start doing good after 15, 20 years and the market's just flooded with everyone wants to wear the Panthers jersey or the hat or whatever. So that's there you go. Yeah, well, okay. <clears throat> All right. So, yeah, actually, it, it, it's a give and take thing because at times I've been a Panthers fan since 1995 when the team came about. Um, I lived in North Carolina. Years, yeah. yeah, 20 years almost. Well, actually, right at 20 years, I guess it is 2016 now. Um, and uh, I, I grew up uh, 70 miles northwest of Charlotte, you know, right in the mountains there. And and so Panthers was the first real team. And I was in 95, I was 10 years old, so I was just getting old enough to really watch football and appreciate and pick a team that I wanted to follow. Panthers were my team, and they have been my team for that entire length of time. And that means I've seen a lot of bad shit, um, as well as some good stuff. We went to a Super Bowl, though we lost. And uh, we've had some good seasons and, and some really, really bad ones. Yeah, the, the bandwagon Panthers fans get old. Um, so basically, here's my rule. If you don't know who the last quarterback before Cam Newton was, fuck off. You can't okay? wear a hat. Yeah, you can't wear the hat. Look, if, if you didn't live through the Clawson years and watch and want to tear your eyeballs out while watching a man stumble around and get planted in the ground 17 times in a single game, you don't get to wear the hat. I'm not saying you can't become a Panthers fan, but you can buy a jersey in three years. Okay. After this whole hype thing's over, sure, go on out, buy you something. Now on the plus side, Paul, I'm not going to get as mad as you think I'm going to be mad because 
No, it's more of a conversation Actually, I'm, I'm gonna piece. I'm going to get a little mad. I'm going to get a little mad. I live in South fucking Carolina. Carolina is in the name of the state that I live in. And that's because the Panthers are from Charlotte. And a lot of people don't realize it's like, Charlotte's in North Carolina. No, it's not, asshole. Charlotte straddles both fucking states. It's, it's Carolina. It literally is yeah. a Carolina city. It is North and South Carolina, depending on what side of Charlotte you live on. Therefore, the Carolina Panthers represent both states. However, living in Charleston, South Carolina, you cannot go to a bar during regular season play and be a, ma- a majority at all. There are no Panthers bars. There's a Steelers bar. No, it's, yeah, it's all Carolina. There's a, there's a Dallas it's bar. It's Gamecocks down there's here. A, there's, a, there's Gamecocks and Clemson bars. There is not a Panthers bar in this fucking town. And, and if there is, it's on the sly because they don't want to offend all the fucking Ohioans that are coming in with their Steelers and fucking Clemson or Cleveland and Cincinnati or whoever the fuck it is, like invading our state. They don't want to offend those guys. So like the Panthers flags like flying in the corner somewhere. That's the new like, money. Yeah, and and so like the other like me and Paul went out Sunday and watched the game. And because the Panthers were one of the only teams playing, because we still are fucking winning, um, there wow. was an entire bar full of Panthers, quote-unquote, fans. Now, I, at that point in time, I was not privy to just walk around and call them out for being fake or, or true fans because it was a really cool experience. It was a good be, environment. Yeah, It was a cool experience to be in a bar and be surrounded by other people that, like, when your team made a good play, the whole bar erupts into cheers and yeah. claps. That was cool. That was the but real what deal. What pisses me off is I don't get that every week. Why the fucking, when I'm living in Carolina, do I not get that every week? If you're in fucking Dallas, I guarantee you there's not a very many Steelers bars in Dallas. And if there is, it's a seedy little hole where people hide and try yeah. to get seen out exactly. in public. Like, it, it's just, it's a disgrace. Carolina, I hope, I hope we do really well this year. I hope we win the Super Bowl, of course. I hope we do well next year. And I hope we continue to have at least a, a short reign because this is the NFL, nothing lasts forever. But I hope we have a nice little run, some good seasons. And I hope that Carolina wakes the fuck up and supports their own team. Kick the fucking Yankees back out of here. I, I'm tired of I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Steelers bars. I love your wife, Paul, but Steelers need to stay in fucking Pittsburgh. I'm a Falcons fan. I have the same arguments. <laughs> Thank you. It is the fault of the Wayne. <laughs> Love those bongos. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Are we just playing this music real loud? I just love this song. We're out. It is we're getting out. out. Getting out of here. Thank y'all for listening. This is the Toadies. Woo! Mirror this band. You're clearly gay. There's nothing really you have to say about that. I mean, All right, we're done. All right. All right, thanks, guys. Well, are we done? Are we done? According to the song, we're done. Somebody's got to